All right, here we go. Thursday afternoon. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Talk. You just heard Sports Center from Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We'll take you through the next three hours. Three hours here on a Thursday, which means by the time we end the show today, uh, we'll probably be in the second quarter or close to the second quarter for the Thursday night football game. And that should be a fun one tonight. For those of you that are, uh, you know, uh, fantasy football diehards, you get a chance to watch Miami and Cincinnati. I'm predicting the ba- the Bengals will beat the Dolphins tonight, and Miami will will fall from the ranks of the unbeaten, uh, and Cincinnati will improve to two and two. That's my that's my prediction. Nice, Steve. I, you know what? Um, the Bengals won before they even stepped on the field today because of those uniforms are rocking tonight. How is anybody going to pick against them when they're wearing those all-white unis? They're wearing the white helmets as well to complement their jerseys. Uh, I pick, I pick the uh, Cincinnati Bengals ahead of this one as well. Still not too sold on the Dolphins. I mean, hey, last week's game was uh, was pretty nice when they ended up beating the Bills. Uh, they had a, a nice week two victory against the Ravens, but maybe it all comes to a close tonight against the Bengals, who uh, you know, they need more wins under their belt if they want to continue their campaign to try to get back to the playoffs and, hey, back to the Super Bowl in this run. That's exactly. Listen, I think it was just uh, an anomaly the way they started. This is this team has too much talent to be under 500. I, I don't see that. And as much as I love the Dolphins' hot start, I don't. I would be so impressed if they can go into Cincinnati and beat Burrow and be 4-0 and uh, with some of the wins they've had, but meaning Buffalo and Cincy on back-to-back weeks, that would tell me that Tua and the Dolphins have arrived for good. Yeah, I th- I'm a, I'm with you on that completely. Although I will say this, I love the fact that both Joe Burrow and Tua Tungovailoa have uh, previously played in one of the greatest college football games you're ever going to watch, uh, Alabama versus LSU back in uh, November 9th of 2019. That was in uh, in LSU's quest to try to go to the national championship. Uh, LSU ended up winning 46-41 in that back and forth battle. Uh, but that game just had both Burrow, who threw for almost 400 yards, uh, and uh, Tungo Vailoa just balling out on both sides. Maybe we see something like that tonight. Maybe we see a lot of fireworks. Maybe so. Maybe so. It's a possibility. So that's coming up. Uh, That game will be on Amazon Prime tonight. That's the Prime Thursday night game. And how about that, by the way? There's no – the Amazon deal does not include an NFL Network simulcast. That is strictly Amazon Prime. That's exactly right. This is, uh, what, week three in the Amazon Prime, uh, um, you know, rundown on their end. It's yep. uh, Al Michaels. It's Kirk Herbstreet. It's a little weird at times. Uh, I'll tell you this. If you don't, if you have spotty connection, uh, you're going to be scratching your hat, head and uh, definitely being frustrated about this one because sometimes the Prime video, um, you know, the streaming is not as good, and especially it goes platform to platform. But I'll say this. Uh, I do like the cover overall I love Al Michaels he's one of the best in the business and uh, the fact that he's calling this one I'm looking forward to it me too me too looking forward to today's show oh we got a loaded show today Mario Mocha is going to join us bottom of the hour Lee Sterling at five Jeff Erickson at uh, 520 Lane Frank at six with our newest feature where we're going to be letting uh, a listener pick games uh, against Lane and if the listener outpicks Lane in total wins, they're going to win a prize. As far as I'm concerned, if a listener ties Lane, 
they win the prize. I see. Ty goes to the listener. Yeah, I'm with you on that. The The push goes to the listener. I'm very excited yeah. about this segment that's coming up weekly. Me uh, too. Picking some NFL games with Lane Frank, uh, previewing the week as well with him. And, hey, we got the full 6 o'clock hour to do so. Absolutely. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, this morning was a real treat for me. Had a chance to uh, very quickly uh, introduce myself and take a picture with uh, the great John Lovitz, who is in town performing at Bart Reed's Comic Strip tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. In fact, it's a 7.30 show tonight, 7.30 tomorrow, and then uh, 7 and 9.30 on Saturday night. Um, listen, I, I like so many people. I, I grew up watching John Lovitz on SNL. Um, he's, he's, he is a terrific actor, one of my all-time faves. And uh, the fact that he is playing at Bart's Place for the next three nights, what a treat that is for El Pasoans who want to get a chance to see uh, one of the all-time great comics perform stand-up. I mean, you know, before we lost him, uh, I think last year, Gilbert Gottfried had been here a, a bunch of times, and uh, we were lucky enough to see Gilbert uh, perform at Bart Reed's Comic Strip. But, you know, you look at some of the greats, Carlos Mencia uh, sold out uh, a few months a few months back, and now with John here. I mean, we don't get this very often. This is, this is big, and... I don't know how many more years you know John Lovitz is going to want to do stand up, but the fact that he's here in town and uh, potentially you know could be playing uh, in front of a very intimate audience for some sold out uh, performances tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday is huge. So I know there's still tickets available. If you go to uh, laughtonight.com, that's laugh l a f f the number two and then n i t e dot com. You can get a chance to uh, get those tickets uh, for uh, John Lovitz. But that was really cool. Treat for me. And uh, he had just finished the uh, the Buzz Adams morning show. I had a chance to catch him before he left. And uh, really a lot of fun to meet him. You know, when you watch those, like, uh, classic or, like, those best of SNL videos or, like, DVDs, you'll find John Lovitz on all of those, Steve. And when you showed me the picture this morning, I didn't even recognize him. Uh, but that's just uh, – I'm, I'm just so happy that for the city of El Paso, getting a chance to bring him in, welcoming him in, uh, and inviting him to do his stand-up here in this city. I think that's awesome stuff. And by by the way, uh, my favorite all-time moment for John Lovitz, not necessarily on SNL, but it's in the Benchwarmers movie. Uh, love the movie, and uh, that's one of my all-time faves. By the way, you can also go to ElPasoComicStrip.com. I, I, I remember Benchwarmers. That was a fun movie. And by the way, it's funny because you said you didn't recognize him. I think he looks exactly the same as I would expect him to look to you. Like there is, I mean, no difference to me. And, and I think John's actually aged really well. I do, compared to some celebrities out there. So, yeah, um, funny, funny, funny is the best way to describe John Lovitz. And I uh, love the fact that he's in town with a stand-up act. And uh, he's in some really good movies. Uh, but that was that was one of the funnier ones, uh, that's for sure. He has, he, has some good, he has some good movies to his credit. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, and some great skits, very memorable skits on Saturday Night Live. In fact, uh, I didn't realize this, Steve. I, I don't know about you, but I didn't realize there was a best of uh, John Lovett's DVD actually out there uh, for, for is, SNL. Dude, that is awesome. That is absolutely awesome. And I love the fact that of all the movies you picked, you pick Benchwarmers because that is a pretty you know that's a that's a pretty well known film yeah. that he was in. But he's active. Like there are a lot of movies 
that he's been in. He's also appeared quite a bit in The Simpsons. Yep, he that's does right. voice work in The Simpsons, which I also uh, also think is really cool. Do you know he also did a sequel to Benchwarmers? Wait, really? Like a it like came a out Benchwarmer three years ago? Oh, I did not know this at all. Benchwarmers two. Breaking Balls came out. <laughs> I've never heard of this. This is great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So he was in a sequel to Bench Warmers. Um, but, no, it's it's really cool. There's a lot of uh, – he's got a ton of movies to his credit. And, um, you know, he's been in uh, Hotel Transylvania, uh, to, you know, and, and just looking at some of the other ones, uh, Grown Ups 2. I think he was also in Grown Ups 1, wasn't he? Yeah, I think one? so. I think he was. Uh, I think he also he was in all those like SNL movies. Is kind of like a like a guest, uh, kind of like a guest cameo, right? Like he was in the Three Amigos. Yep. He was in oh, yeah. uh, Little Nicky. Uh, that's more of an Adam Sandler. Oh, that film, was fun. That but, was that was a good one too. Yeah, there right. you go. Um, there was just he was in. <laughs> he's got a good. He's got a good. He was in the Critic. Which was the uh, the TV show that was around from ninety four to oh one. He played Man. that role on The Simpsons, I believe, as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, wedding singer. Thank you, Johnny Gonzalez, for that. That is right. He's in that. Small time crooks, um, and just uh, a bunch of really, you know, some very memorable movies. He was he, he was even in an episode of Seinfeld, and Larry Sanders, and you mentioned City Slickers and Coneheads and League of Their Own. Man, he's been in everything. Wow, I don't remember him in. Well, actually, now that you say it, a League of Their Own. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah. Big, Mr. Destiny, you mentioned Three Amigos, Jumpin' Jack Flash. He's got a great re- I mean, he's got a great resume. He's been in all he's done it all. And he's in El Paso. How great is that? Yeah, he's hilarious. He's such a funny actor. Uh, I'm so happy that he's here in El Paso. He's known for his uh, comedy as well and everything he does in that realm. And, yeah, I'm so happy he's here. El Paso Comic Strip.com if you'd like to get tickets, folks, to go see uh, John Lovitz either tonight, 730, tomorrow, 730, or Saturday. He's got the 7 and the 930 shows. But, uh, yeah, really, really cool stuff. All right. So um, I can't believe that right now, the UTEP Charlotte game is still on for Saturday. I mean, the you know, um, Ian just resurfaced as a hurricane again, and now it's a Category Two, which is supposed to strike the Carolinas later. And since everything else in uh, you know South Carolina and North Carolina is starting to shut down, I am a little surprised. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. If it involves Conference USA, nothing surprises me. Nothing, but. Um, the fact that as of four o'clock on Thursday, that this game is still play, they're still going to play it on Saturday, is definitely uh, a bit of a surprise. I thought this game would have been, uh, you know, either postponed and rescheduled at the end of the season, or just postponed outright because of the uh, threat to the weather. But apparently, not uh, at least as of now. They're still planning on on playing this football game on Saturday. Yeah, what I'm reading and seeing on social media is it's not so much the worry about uh, UTEP necessarily like playing the game itself, but like the travel concern. I mean, there, there's just like how's the weather going to be when they travel in, when they actually land, and stuff like that. Uh, and then how's the weather going to be before kickoff? Because I heard that you know once kickoff actually hits, that's not. It's just going to be a lot of rain, a lot of wind, and stuff like yes. that. But still, I, I'm I'm with you, Steve. I was kind of surprised that we haven't at least heard like a contingency plan but then again it's conference USA what do you expect um well hopefully I expect more to the point where they would at least make a decision right um and I don't know maybe they just decided that they're uh, they're fine I don't know 
It's it's really interesting. So we'll see. I'm, I'm following a couple of people that cover Charlotte uh, sports, see if maybe something, uh, something happens uh, during the show today. But if there is going to be a decision, uh, the UTEP charter, uh, which was supposed to leave tomorrow around 12, is now going to be, I think, moved, uh, moved up to 10 a.m. So wow. okay. they're going to try to maybe beat the storm tomorrow is what I hear. Wow, so they're getting on earlier, earlier on this one. Well, I mean, hey, to take any safety precaution measures that you can, that's a good idea. But I, I think this is just going to be an hour-by-hour kind of like a day-to-day thing where they're going to have to really monitor the weather and see what, what the safest way to get there is. I mentioned on the show yesterday that I was uh, planning to be on the charter uh, along with my son. We're going to go up and, and take the trip. Uh, I do want to let our listeners know that um, I have changed my mind. I am staying back. Uh, have chosen uh, to uh, not take the trip up and uh, instead uh, decided that uh, as much fun as it would be, um, I'd rather stay back in town where uh, I'm not going to have to uh, worry about anything risking weather, especially with a 10-year-old. So that is not going to be happening. So I will be here tomorrow uh, from 4 to 6, and uh, Adrian and I will have sports talk. And then at 6, Adrian and Paul McKinnon. Uh, no, uh, I'm sorry. Well, Bo uh, Bagley oh, Bo Bagley. Will yes, be, okay. that's right. That's right. So Bo will be with us and Paul at 6 for football Friday night. So there we go. Um, get the night off tomorrow? No, no, no. I'm you're working. working. You, you, yeah, you I'm got a game. Working. Yeah. Which game? Which game are you going? To? I got, I'm going to Coronado Eastwood. Yeah, it'll be Atta a lot boy. of fun here on the west side of El Paso. Uh, I'll hang out, uh, you know, briefly with Bo and Paul as they get ready for their first hour previewing everything, nice. kind of recapping last week since we didn't have football Friday night, and then I'll be heading off to Coronado to cover the T-Birds and the Troopers. Oh, very nice. That's gonna be a good game. Yeah, it is. It's gonna be kind of that battle for the last playoff spot. I think in six A, we've kind of figured out that it'll be Pebble Hills, it'll be Franklin, it'll probably Probably be Eastlake as the top three seeds in that district, and it's just a fight right now for that last spot. Eastwood had a big win last week against El Dorado. Now they need to win another one uh, against uh, Coronado on the road. Good. I'm looking forward to that. When we come back, Aaron Judge ties Maris, and Roger Maris Jr. believes that Aaron Judge should be considered the home run king if he breaks his dad's record uh, for the remaining games. We'll talk about that because apparently Roger Maris Jr., who was with his family for every uh, game of the McGuire Sosa Chase back in 1998, um, has now erased those two from his record books. What about you? 505-6009, that's our telephone number as we send it over right now to Charlie One and get our first traffic update of the afternoon. Judge... Finally went yard again. I was kind of wondering when this would happen. I mean, you knew that it was bound to happen sooner rather than later. The only question was just how quickly would uh, would Aaron Judge uh, go yard. Now, to me, what was really interesting about this is not just the fact that, um, you know, he's tied Maris and did it against uh, Toronto last night, but it was the comments that were made by uh, Maris Jr. himself um, after the game was over. And I want to play these for you folks because, again, you know, this is the the son of, of the great Roger Maris who was there in 98 and he's there now. And here's what he had to say. I think it means a lot, and it's not just for me. I think it means a lot for a lot of people, you know, that he's a Yankee. He plays the game the right way. And, uh, you know, I think it gives people a chance to look at somebody who uh, – 
you know, should be revered for hitting 62 home runs and not just as a, a guy who did it in the American League. He should be revered for, you know, being the actual single season home run champ. I mean, now that was the interesting thing right there. And he said, did it the right way. So that's a very uh, subtle comment regarding uh, Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. That, right, that, that was the first thing I noticed. And then he doesn't think just the American League. He thinks uh, the entire uh, record should go to Aaron Judge. Let's, let's hear more from Roger Maris Jr. Then we'll, we'll talk about it next. And that's really who he is if he hits 62. Well, he's obviously somebody Aaron, he would be very proud of Aaron because of the way, like I was just telling you, the way he carries himself and the way he uh, comes to the ballpark every day. You know, he's mentally prepared, physically prepared. He's all about doing the team thing. He's all about winning. He's all about focusing on, you know, winning the championship and trying to bring, bring a world championship to New York so he can put number 28 up on the, the wall. Well, that was the way we planned it all along. I mean, because, you know, we got here and, you know, the Yankees wanted to know if we wanted to go in the clubhouse and meet Aaron and go on the field and all that kind of stuff. And philosophy was let, let Aaron do what Aaron wants, you know, what, what he's doing, trying to hit the home runs and not be a distraction. Obviously, the Yankees are trying to get a playoff uh, berth. So we just said, hey, we just want to stay in Steinbrenner's suite, be up there, let Aaron do his thing, let the Yankees do their thing, not be a distraction. So. Um, that's why we waited so long to, to finally meet. And I was always like, I don't want to meet him until he actually hits the home run. And then when, he met, when I met him tonight after the home run, that's when we first spoke and uh, had a nice conversation. I was just kind of asked him why he waited so long to kind of make me travel around the country. And, you know, uh, the ironic thing was, like I told him, I said, it's, it's uh, the ninth day I've been here. Okay, he wears 99, dad wears nine. It's just kind of weird the way it all kind of went together, you know. So now I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go to Yankee Stadium and it'll probably hit 62 on October 1st when Dad hit a 61st. So just all the weird similarities with he and my dad's is kind of ironic. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much why we waited to hook up tonight and get to know each other a little bit. So that was Roger Maris Jr. after the, uh, after the game. And I think Roger Maris Jr. is – in his early to mid-50s, from what I gather. So he wasn't around in 61 when his dad broke uh, the Babes record. But you know, clearly he had the opportunity to, to grow up in that family, named after his dad. And um, Roger Maris uh, passed away in the 80s, I believe. Uh, so, you know, his son was probably somewhere in his uh, you know, teens or 20s at the time. But talking about the game the right way in and really mentioning that he believes that, you know, if Aaron judge breaks his dad's mark, he should be considered the single season home run champ speaks volumes for um, what unfortunately has happened to guys that were part of the steroid era that made huge headlines in 1998, but now they're just a footnote in the history of the game, it's almost as if nobody uh, these days really is looking at McGuire and Sosa and even Bonds as the legit uh, home run champs anymore. 
You know, it's interesting. Today was uh, a lot, you know, today and yesterday, Barry Bonds trended all across social media. People were posting videos of him during his historic season, which, yeah, has an asterisk all over it. Of course, uh, uh, you know, he had been taking performance-enhancing drugs, or a lot of people thought. But what one of the things that I want to bring up is that what Aaron Judge actually said about this uh, achievement right here. And he claims, Aaron Judge says it's not about his record. It's always Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds set the standard, and that's the record that he follows. Uh, Aaron Judge, in fact, said, quote, 73 is the real record in my book, no matter what people have to say about that. He stayed up that night to watch when uh, Barry Bonds hit that mark. And uh, just to put it into perspective, Steve, Aaron Judge has been intentionally walked eight times this year. Back back when Barry Bonds did it, he was uh, intentionally walked over a thousand times. So uh, that's just one of those things that you look at right there between the two, um, you know, hitters right there. I, I don't know. I Where do you stand on this right here? I mean, it's tough because, um, number one, er- almost everybody did it uh, back in those days. So it's not like it's really Bonds and, and Sosa McGuire. So many players um, were all doing the same thing and uh, ultimately getting away with it for a while. Um, I will say this, okay? The year Bonds hit 73 home runs, he was intentionally walked 35 times, okay? 35 times. Okay, maybe I'm looking at his career. Now, career, career he had yeah. over his career he had 688 intentional walks. But you think about what happened after he hit 73. After he hit 73, he had 46 home runs and was walked 68 times intentionally. He had 45 the next year, was was intentionally walked 61 times. But my favorite number is when he batted 362 with 45 home runs, 101 RBIs as a 39-year-old in 2004. And he was walked 120 intentional times. He was walked 232 times that season. That has to be a record. That's insane right there in itself. Um, I, I, It's just so interesting to look at the different um, eras. And, and now, you know, it, that, that stat right there is also pretty skewed because now you look at advanced analytics with baseball, how teams decide to intentionally walk players or not. Uh, and, you know, the, the stats will even show you that they just probably won't intentionally walk you. They'll just pitch to you in that case versus just giving you that free base. Absolutely right. Um, Bonds did take a total of 177 walks, the year he hit 73 home runs, and 35 of those were intentional. Wow, that's that's a lot too, 177, it's, yeah. It's a ridiculous amount of walks. I think Babe Ruth had 170 one year. Other than that, Barry Bonds holds like the top three records for most walks in a season. Teams just didn't pitch to him. They didn't pitch to him. And to think that he had 73 home runs and still walked 177 times, steroids or not, I don't care what he took. Those are amazing numbers, amazing numbers. And you can't just discount that. You can't. Some will say, well, you know, what would he have done had he not been? I don't, we don't know the answer to that. But we do know one thing. There's plenty of guys in Cooperstown that did the same thing Bonds did. Bonds just did it better. It's the best way to put it. All right. When we come back, Mario Mocha is going to join us. You know, here's a former college baseball player. I want to get his take on what he thinks regarding um, Judge, Bonds, Sosa, McGuire, all those guys. I think that's, that's fair. We should do that too. Mario Mocha next. 
right after Adrian and this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. It's coming up here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian, thank you very much. 32 past the hour as we welcome back to the program New Mexico State Director of Athletics, Mario Mocha. They've got a big home game coming up Saturday following their first win of the season. It was Hawaii last week. They've got FIU this week. And uh, Mario, before I get to the details on the home game, and I appreciate you joining us, give me your take on the whole judge, uh, you know, tying Maris last night. Roger Maris Jr. believes that if Aaron breaks his dad's mark, he should be considered not just the American League single season home run champ, but baseball's uh, single season home run, uh, home run, you know, all time leader. Almost like you just erase Barry Bonds, Sammy Sosa, and Mark McGuire from the record books. Well, I tell you what, first of all, I found it comical that in like a, what, six, seven game drought, they're like, oh, the pressure's getting to him, as if you could just dial up a home run whenever you want. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work and it doesn't have anything to do with pressure. I mean, you got major league pitchers throwing, but I don't know. You know, look, those guys, you know, I guess the, either they admitted or were caught that they used substances, and I think you can see dramatic changes physically, you know, when I've seen like, uh, you know, MLB cards, you know, pre and post, and they look monstrous. So, yeah, I mean, I would suggest Aaron Judge is, you know, you could at least say he's the one who did it legitimately. Um, don't know if you erase that, but you at least have to have an asterisk. Um, at the same time, don't you kind of think that everybody did it back in those days? Well, yeah, not Roger Maris didn't, but yeah, no, I mean, whoever, have it yeah, yeah, whoever yeah. did it in those days should have an asterisk. I mean, I do think that doing it the right way, now he was blessed to be, uh, I think what's more amazing is if you put a Roger Maris up against a, uh, an Aaron Judge, just to the size differential, oh, yeah. but uh, at the end of the day, no, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not attacking any of those guys in that era, however... I do think it was done the legitimate way. I'm and by you. the way, I'm Cap, yeah. I have actually played a game against Barry Bonds. That's how old I am. Tell me, what, what was that game played uh, when he was well, at Arizona State? I was Yes, he was a junior at Arizona State, and I was a freshman at Phoenix College. And back in those days, you could play a, a legitimate game you know, again, now this was a junior college, so it was like a preseason game. But you had the crowd, you had umpires, things like that. Well, it's my first time being in college, so I'm, and I hate to tell the crowd this, but I was 17 years old. I was 16 when I started college. That's a long story. But I'm over there, my knees are knocking, I grew up in Phoenix, and here comes Barry Mons. And it was Ken Van Dillon, our best pitcher, and he hit a ball that I believe is still traveling to this day well over the Salt River in uh, at the old uh, Packard Stadium. And he hit first base, second base, third base. And he shook Jim Brock's hand, and he walked into the third base dugout. He never even went like, home. I was like, that is the coolest thing. And to this day, I think that's the coolest thing I've ever seen on a uh, – and nobody called him out. No umpire said anything. Because was he the number one pick that year? I think maybe. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty. That's good. my claim to fame. I sat at first base and watched him hit a 500 foot home run over my head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so we'll go from Aaron Judge and uh, you know baseball to uh, your college football team, who will be back in action uh, Saturday night, coming off the win uh, over Hawaii. And now you get FIU and a uh, chance to uh, build the momentum because you got a couple of home games going in a row, don't you? 
We sure do. We have four. And it's interesting. I saw the spread, you know, how much we were favored by. I don't take a whole lot of stock into that because, you know, I it's college football. You know, I watch UNM versus Boise and then Boise or then UNM versus UTEP and then UTEP versus Boise. And you try to figure that out. So, you know, you got to bring your A game and, you know, hope uh, for the best on Saturday. But uh, this is unique because four games in a row hasn't happened a whole lot of times at Aggie Memorial. And, you know, we had the big sellout game to start the season. Then we had Ag Day. Uh, then UNM is, you know, the Battle of I-25. And then we've got homecoming against San Jose. So this was a tweener game. And we said, hey, let's just make it, you know, kind of fan appreciation. So we've been running a special $10 reserve tickets for adults, $5 reserve for uh, kids 12 and under. Um, you know, they could have done that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, today, uh, and all day tomorrow. You can do that by calling the box office. You can visit the box office, um, or you can do it online at nmstatesports.com. And then we've got a concessions promotion where for $20, um, you get four hot dogs, four Pepsis, and one large bucket of popcorn. So you can kind of bring the whole family out, entertain them, and feed them for four people for 50 bucks total. So, pretty good deal. I like that. By the way, you're 14 and a half point favorites uh, over FIU. When was the last time NMSU was 14 and a half point favorites over anybody? Well, I was, go- I was thinking the same thing, and you know what? I don't even know. I mean, I don't know who keeps stats on that, but that would be very interesting if somebody would would be able to find that out. I'd, I'd hazard a guess a division, you know, an FBS opponent. I don't know. I mean, I was wondering time. maybe maybe the year you guys went bowling uh, with Doug, you had a game where you were fourteen and a half point favorites. Does that even ring a bell for you or no? No, I mean, you know, we had beat Idaho at the end of the year, but if you recall, we had like our third string quarterback, and then you know he uh, Tyler Rogers got healthy, and we beat South Alabama here in a close game. But no, I can't. You know, we had Georgia, we beat Georgia Southern that year. Uh, I guess we beat UNM and UTEP that year. We must have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I cannot imagine a game in my tenure that we were that much of a favorite. All right. Um, I'm wondering. I mean, there were, there were a couple of years where UTEP was also, uh, you know, not, not good. I mean, like the 2018-2019 season, they were winning one game a year. I don't know if you were you know, ever two touchdown favorites over the minors, but uh, still, uh, it's good. You got a, an opportunity to build on it. You put the, together the, uh, the the package for the tickets. You got uh, ten bucks for uh, adults, five for the kids. The twenty dollar uh, food fiesta that you've got as well. I mean, sounds to we've me, got, you know, we've also got band day here. So this is the first time we love our band guy. We've got three different states. Uh, coming in. We've got 11 bands. That's 1,000 kids. And I know their parents and their friends have already bought like uh, 350 tickets in advance. So, you know, just trying to get people in here to the stadium. You know, we certainly play better. I'm sure all, you know, college athletes would say they play a lot better when there's a full house. And uh, the weather's supposed to be phenomenal. Um, I know KVIA is the uh, is the media sponsor uh, for this game as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to having people come out and watching a good ball game. Very nice. All right. And uh, by the way, just out of curiosity, if they're not able to make it to the stadium for the 6 o'clock kickoff this weekend, by the way, it's also and then two weeks you play New Mexico, you got another 6 o'clock kick, and then the 4 o'clock kick on the 22nd of October against uh, San Jose State. Uh, will the game against FIU be televised anywhere? 
Sure. Um, you know, most of all of our games are on Bally Sports Arizona. That was the old Fox Sports Arizona. So if you have DirecTV, if you're going to a sports bar, you know, you'll certainly be able to catch that, um, you know, on that, on, that, uh, on that network. How's basketball looking so far? You know what? Um, I don't know. I mean, everybody's excited because we do have an awful lot of talent. But, um, you know, it's funny. I got a call, and I spent about 20 minutes on the phone today with one Chris Jance. Just called out of the blue. We were just BSing. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Just like anybody else, I want to see how our guys react when they're playing against Division One opponents. I mean, I think everybody's super excited, and so am I, because I think we have an enormous amount of talent on the roster. However, you know, we've beaten seven power, power five teams in the last five years, and they had talent on the roster, too. So I think, you know, are we going to have that same grinding mentality? Are we going to have sandpaper when we walk into somebody's gym? Are we going to, you know, be defensive and rebounding first and focused? And uh, um, I think we have the guys to do that. But, you know, just like anybody else, I'd like to see it. But season tickets are, uh, are way up from last year at this time and that you know certainly winning the tournament game helps but there's a lot of excitement here and don't take my poo-poo i'm just the ad so i'm always looking i'm always cautious with my exuberance until uh you know things get going in a positive direction uh jans is much more cautious than you when it comes to talking about teams and potentials So, yes, that is true. I would love to know what he said about his team at Mississippi State during that conversation, but we'll have to just keep I that under wraps. I want to maintain my friendship with him, so we're not, yeah. we won't tell you anything about the conversation. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, look, uh, thanks for the time. Enjoyed it, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you this weekend as uh, you get ready to uh, host uh, FIU, a team that UTEP will meet here in a couple weeks. Well, I appreciate it, and i got to say, I know uh, uh, Adrian's in there. You know, I was driving, and we can tell this story, and I was like, man, I want to hear that UTEP-UNM game on the radio. I was in the car. So I'm texting the people that I know. I hit Adrian up, and he gives me some millennial website. I'm like, just give me the dial numbers, would you please? And uh, so, you know, he's, he's, he's very good at some things, and, you know, Average at others, just FYI. Did he ever give you the information you needed, or did you? Or did you? He just... did. I had him, and I think Colin Deaver going at the same time, and uh, I, I don't know who got me first, but I did get. I did get to listen to some of the game. Adrian, what happened? How come you didn't just give him the dial? In? No, I gave him the direct listen link, thinking he was on his phone, thinking he was streaming or something like that. I was, I was wrongfully thinking that he was streaming. Uh, in reality, he just needed ninety-five-five KLAQ. So you're telling me yeah. you actually gave him VIP hookup in? Information you try to make it as simple as possible, but all he wanted was the dial position. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly. Cap. I'm just an old timer. I just want to know what the dial numbers are. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome. All right, hey Mario, good to hear from you, and uh, thanks for uh, thanks for calling in today. Thanks, guys. All right, Mario Mocha, folks, joining us here. Forty two pass back with more sports talk. Six hundred ESPN El Paso. Back here on sports talk as we continue. Ten in front of five right now. 505-6009, that is our telephone number. Adrian has dropped his three takeaways from the first week of UTEP basketball practice. When did you get a chance to get out there? Monday. A lot nice. of fun. Uh, got to chat with uh, Coach Joe Golding. Got to chat with a couple players. Uh, you know, just get a good feeling around the team. Uh, planning to head out there tomorrow again just to round out the first week of practice. But uh, a lot of new faces, of course. That, that definitely headlines things out at the uh, UTEP men's basketball team. I'm planning to go uh, Saturday, actually, and go watch them uh, Saturday morning, which I think will be a lot of fun. 
Cool. So, nice. Looking Definitely. Looking forward to that. I want to see the team. I mean, how? I mean, to me, there are so many new players. Uh, it's it's got to be. It's got to be fascinating to see all these guys for the first time. Yeah, and now you could start to piece in, okay, like who are the guys who are likely going to play this year? Who are the guys who are probably not going to play right away? Um, you can kind of uh, understand who those guys will be. But then again, I go back to how Joe Golding ran his his team last year. He gave opportunities to newcomers. He gave opportunities to freshmen who wanted that chance. So um, new faces, a lot of new chemistry that needs to be built between this team. Uh, you Again, you have 13 new newcomers on this squad who are joining the three guys from last year that includes 10 scholarship players and three walk-ons uh so the miners will have to uh you know they'll have to deal with a lot of new faces both uh through the uh division one transfer portal route or through the junior college route he gave chances to walk-ons he gave cam clardy an opportunity to see big minutes last year so there's one thing i've learned about joe golding he doesn't care who you are how you Join the roster. If you can practice and you can play, you got a shot. That's that. That's my biggest takeaway with Coach Golden. Yeah, and I guess my first takeaway, like uh, you know, going into like actual basketball, is they're doing a little bit of a position change with Jamari Sibley. This is something that we kind of heard about over the off season, but just kind of stamping it as official. Jamari Sibley switching over from being a forward to now that combo hybrid guard. So he'll he'll play more of the three this year. I like that. Um, and and Jamari Sibley is somebody who last year. Uh, he shot 35% from three-point range. He shot 46% from the floor. He was an efficient scorer whenever he actually scored, you know, and, and he actually tried to attempt shots and stuff like that. But I think the one knock you could have on Sibley last year was at times he was passive. He didn't want the he didn't want to be the guy who scored. And I think this year in a new role, he'll be asked to be that three and D scorer if he if he embraces that role. And that would be interesting because I could see that. And I just think the way you know we saw him come around towards the end of. Last year, hit some threes, a big three near the end of the game. He's got the ability to do that, so I'm 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 good with Sibley playing that. Does he does he look a little bigger from last year? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could uh, definitively say that. I can tell you this: the two guys who I do think are bigger, uh, just based off eye test, is uh, both Kevin Kalu and Zarek Onyema. Both really? those guys look uh, like they put together. I mean, twenty plus uh, pounds of muscle on them. Uh, Zarek looks great. You know, physically, uh, he's dominant down low. He's somebody who maybe could be that starting center for this team when it's all said and done or if it's Kevin Kalu, that's somebody who this program has said who's made leaps and strides since uh, the end of last year's season and somebody who was kind of shelved when it came to the last part of last year. He, he didn't play much through the final stretch of the season. I heard Dirk Hamilton's dropped like 50 pounds. Oh, he has. I, I looked at him. He's he's looks great. Uh, this is something that we talked about off air you know, earlier this week. Looks fa- you know, a lot better. I don't know if he's going to play this year I think at the four right now if you had to if you really had to look at who's going to be playing the four it's probably uh, between Dos Anjos and Calvin Solomon remember the guy from Stephen F. Austin yep. uh, the guy that Jeremy Cox knows very well although I could see both those guys playing the bigs for the minors in stretches and you you get the offensive production from Dos Anjos and you get the defensive production from Solomon all right Adrian's three takeaways are up right now at 600 ESPN El Paso.com so definitely check those out when we come back Lee Starling, ParamountSports.com. He's got a big week of action in college and pro. We'll talk to Lee next right here, 600 ESPN El Paso.
Start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Adrian Broadus and UTEP Zay, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Uh, this next man needs no introduction. Joins us every week at this time to offer up uh, his analysis on some of the best uh, college and pro games you will see every week. He's Lee Sterling from uh, ParamountSports.com. Welcome back uh, to the show. And, uh, man, excited about having you on today. Lee, how'd you guys uh, survive Hurricane Ian? We didn't get it. I mean, uh, we were lucky. I've been through Hurricane Andrew, and I know what that's all about. Something you don't want to be involved in. So this one's a little different. Uh, Hurricane Andrew was the winds. I mean, uh, it hit the area where I live, uh, 165 mile an hour winds. It had tornadoes in it. This one did have some tornadoes in it, but it was more uh, water damage from what I'm hearing and seeing. So uh, uh, it looks like St. Pete and and also uh, Sarasota and, and Tampa were spared for the most part, but uh, my heart goes out to the people in Fort Myers and Naples. It was mm. devastating there. Yeah, I've seen it. And now it's uh, reforming as it hits the Carolinas here uh, later today and tomorrow, which is and, and Georgia, which is just uh, awful. You actually think about this. This could be one of the worst hurricanes we've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah, not good. So No doubt, no if doubt. You can, if you can help out, uh, you know someone – you can take them in or um, uh, you want to donate, uh, it goes to a good cause. Absolutely. All right, let's get going. we got five games to go this week, four college and one pro. Um, we'll start it off with UTEP and Charlotte. Uh, just when you thought the Miners were dead and buried, they put together their best so, performance in a while. Um, beat Boise 27-10. Boise yeah. fires their offensive coordinator. Their starting quarterback then goes into the portal, Lee. And what a crazy chain of reaction it was. Right. And now they will travel to Charlotte as Charlotte gets hit by what's left of Hurricane Ian uh, with the Carolinas and their three-point favorites over the 49ers. Crazy. Um, I don't think anyone could have predicted that. I think it was a combination of both. Let's give UTEP some credit. Uh, they played hard. Uh, I still think that they can improve on their running game. Uh, I think that's where you want to go here. You want to run the ball at Charlotte. Uh, they've given up last year 5.4 yards per carry. That's, I think, their weakness here. Chris Reynolds, I mean, he's the heart and soul of their team. When he's not in there, they are horrendous. But the guy makes plays. I think he'll keep him in it for a while. I think it's a talent difference here. I like UTEP. I think they win and cover this game 35-28. How bad's the weather going to be? Not may not be good at all. So uh, <laughs> that that's why I think it could uh, could help out UTEP. I think they're the better running team, better run defense. That's where Charlotte uh, really has their limitations. So turnovers, turnovers could be the key in that game. Let's talk about the next game, and that's going to be a Saturday afternoon game on Fox uh, from McLean Stadium in Waco. It's three and one Baylor against three and zero Oklahoma State. Baylor sixteenth in the country. Uh, Oklahoma State, the Cowboys, they are uh, they are ninth in the country right now. And yet, despite the higher ranking, they find themselves uh, two point dogs to Baylor, who's at home. Give me your thoughts. So Baylor, for the first time last year, played aggressive. They're, they even had a trick play in there. They had a guy sitting in the end zone for about eight seconds waiting for the ball to get to him. Uh, no one within 20 yards of him. So great call. Against BYU, they were just too conservative. I think for Oklahoma State to be successful, Spencer Sanders has to play a clean game. And 
against top-level competition. He hasn't really proved that to me. I still think he's a mediocre quarterback. He had seven turnovers in the two games last year. I think he's got to play clean or at most have just one interception. I like Baylor here. I think they're finally starting to find themselves here. Uh, I think they win this game here 30-24. to 24. Okay, so you got yep. Baylor, you've got UTEP. That takes us to Oklahoma and TCU. Oklahoma loses uh, to K-State. Did not particularly look good against uh, K-State in that one. They've got a rebound and now travel into uh, um, Fort Worth and, and take on TCU, who finds themselves uh, six-and-a-half-point underdogs despite the fact that they are 3-0 and and at home, Lee. You got to give Sonny Dykes a whole lot of credit. This is a dead team last year. They weren't even fun to watch, but um, they're efficient on offense. They have the number one quarterback in the country as far as pass efficiency and Max Dugan, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. He's revitalized his career here. Sonny Dykes is really good the first four games of the year. Check this out 13 and two against the spread uh, at SMU and now at TCU. So, they get off to hot starts, you know, maybe down the road will fade them, but a lot of skilled players that are playing at a high level for them also. And the way to attack Oklahoma, don't get yourself into long down and distance situations. So some people are figuring that out. You get into third and eight, third and 10, Oklahoma's going to blitz you. They're going to get you. But uh, last week, Kansas State figured it out. And I think that TCU is going to use that game plan and that blueprint here. I think the wrong team is favored. I like TCU, 38-35. Lee, what do we make of the Big 12 and their tra- and their push to try to get to the college football playoff? Because you already have Oklahoma with the loss. Baylor's got a loss to BYU. Texas has a pair of losses. What do we make about their push to try to get to the college football playoff? Well, it looks like maybe TCU or, or, or Oklahoma State is all they have to tip their cap on. I, I think both teams are improved, but I don't see it happening here, so – uh, unless either of those two teams uh, goes undefeated and also looks really good in the process of doing it, I think it's going to be a really tall order for the Big 12. So uh, the the question is, is the SEC going to want Texas and, and Oklahoma by, by the time this year plays out here? So uh, probably belong in the Mountain West Conference. So uh, <laughs> uh, I, honest with you, I don't, I don't see them as, as making much of a play uh, – Uh, in the SEC, so uh, crazy how things turn out. Talk about our fourth game of the week with uh, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. It's number 17, Texas A&M visiting Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, This is going to be a fun one. Both teams are 3-1, and but A&M is 1-0 in the SEC. Mississippi State is 0-1 in the SEC. Will Rogers has been phenomenal. Lee, as a former college quarterback, you can appreciate a guy that's thrown for 16 touchdowns and has a ridiculously high completion percentage so far this year. Will it be enough? Apparently, the odds makers think it will because Mississippi State, the Bulldogs, find themselves three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against A&M. Okay, first thing when I saw this game, I'm like, wow, this should be about a pick so they're almost begging you to play Texas A&M, but I'm going to fall for the trap here because I do believe Texas A&M is a sounder team. I love the pickup and, and what Jimbo Fisher did when he got DJ Durkin, defensive coordinator from Ole Miss. This guy really knows his stuff. They're only allowing 4.7 yards per pass attempt. They played that Miami game. They had two third-string cornerbacks on the field. They had two backup linebackers. Two of their starting defensive linemen were out for that game. So 
that's the one constant. Max Johnson, best thing you can say about him is he's not turning the ball over. And you know what? They'll take winning 24-21 ball games, 24-23 every single week. So they found a different blueprint to win here. And I just like the Pirate better as an underdog. I, I think he's a favorite. Look at that that game they played LSU. He had the game. He just can't get his team home against quality opponents here. I think A&M pulls off the upset 24-23. That takes us to the NFL, our final game. Tampa hosting KC. Both teams are 2-1 and one on the season. So many, so much parity in the NFL. It's unbelievable that uh, there's only three undefeated teams left after three weeks. Uh, these two teams are 2-1. and one. KC, a one-point favorite. They did not look good against Indianapolis last week. Can they rebound against uh, Brady and the Bucks? So a lot of people will not play against Patrick Mahomes two games in a row. I think he's in trouble here. Uh, This Tampa Bay team is very similar to Indianapolis. They have a strong rushing attack. Leonard Fournette is a beast. And it wasn't Tom Brady's fault. Last week they lost that game. I mean, their receivers let him down. I mean, the route running wasn't good. Didn't catch the ball. And a couple times when they caught the ball, they fumbled it. Uh, He will get back... uh, like I said, his 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 star receiver in this game finally, uh, you know I I don't know what they were doing, uh, you know before that, but uh, I just see a team here that also Julio Jones will be back for this game, so I, I just think that Tom Brady's the right side here, and um, weather should be okay. Check the forecast a few minutes ago, and I just think they have the better defense. I, I love their run defense. I love their cover corners. They come up and hit you. And uh, I just think Tampa Bay is a more sound team here. So uh, wrong, another wrong team favorite, Tampa Bay. And a low-scoring game, 20-17. to 17. And when was the last time you saw these two quarterbacks where the total is 45? So I'm going to give you two plays on this game. Under 45 and Tampa Bay plus the one point. Terrific. All right. Before we wrap things up, Lee, I know we've got a huge thing going on right now at ParamountSports.com. Locktober is here, and you are putting together something big for uh, for your fans, aren't you? Okay, so normally we don't call it October. We call it Locktober. It's $4.97 for the five weeks, and we've had some great five-week runs now. Um, We're hot 9-2 last week, including a perfect 5-0 in the NFL. Eight and three the week before that, six and three the week before that, five weeks, not three ninety seven. I just put in a coupon code a couple hours ago, three hundred and forty seven dollars. If you use coupon code save fifty, also throw in baseball through the World Series. We're red hot there. We've only had one losing week in the last eight there. And the UFC card on Saturday night, three forty seven, just one place, ParamountSports.com. Awesome stuff, Lee. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you again right back here next week. Okay. Thanks, guys. There he is, Lee Sterling, folks, as we continue here on Sports Talk. All right. We got a lot more coming up in store for you, including Jeff Erickson from Rotowire. But before we do that, Adrian, I want to get back to you with that conversation from Lee. Lee went uh, almost opposite picks the entire segment. And I wonder if that's uh, if that's the, the way to go. I mean, he's got UTEP beating Charlotte, but other than that, so many picks are, are against uh, against the grain. 
Yeah, definitely. A lot of underdogs that he decided to go with. Uh, I also really like the unders that he decided to go with as well, mm-hmm. Steve, knowing the weather conditions across the board uh, that we're going to be experiencing across the country, especially in the southeastern part. Uh, but yeah, I I thought those picks were very, very interesting. I'm with you on that one. So uh, there it is. Lee Sterling giving us uh, his weekly thoughts around uh, the college game. And by the way, uh, speaking of picks... Lane Frank is coming up, and he's going to join us uh, in about 45 minutes. And that's going to be a lot of fun because we're going to give one of you a chance to call in and pick against Lane. Mono y mano. And if you win, you're going to win a prize. Simple as that. And that's going to be uh, a fun segment for us because we're going to get a chance to go through and hear what both Lane and our listener have to say, straight-up winners in the NFL, by the way. We're not picking against the spread. We are going straight-up winners. But that is something that we're going to be doing every Thursday here on the program. And uh, we'll be excited about getting that going. In the meantime, quarter past. Jeff Erickson next, right after Charlie One with this traffic update. As we continue, along with UTEP Zay and Adrian Broadus, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Excited about our next guest. Fantasy conversation with uh, Jeff Erickson from rotowire.com. In fact, if you want to weigh in with your uh, fantasy questions for Jeff, all you have to do is uh, tweet the show right now, uh, 600 ESPN El Paso, and we'll pass those along. Or you can always message us on our mobile app brought to you by uh, First American Bank. Jeff, welcome back. And uh, hey, how about that? Aaron Judge hits number 61, so now he's just one away from... Uh, 62, and isn't it interesting after yesterday's comments from Roger Maris Jr., how he is just completely forgetting about uh, Barry Bonds uh, along with, um, you know, McGuire and Sosa, considering he was right there in 1998 at all those games uh, with his family, with all the hype that was surrounding that home run chase? I'm so tired of the story, Steve. So tired of it. It's so such Yankee exceptionalism. Um, Judge is amazing. Let's just Celebrate that. Um, just celebrate the fact that he's got almost 20 homers more than anybody else in baseball right now. I mean, these are, it's, you know, talk about him being the MVP. Instead, we have to create this story, this controversy, this narrative. Oh, we're just going to forget that the, we're just going to disappear these other guys. We're going to profit off of the, the home run chase that when it happened, and then we're going to disavow it later. No, yep. come on, baseball. Stop that. I'm with you. And matter of fact, we were just looking up Bonds' numbers in 01 when uh, he hit 73 home runs, and then we started looking at all the intentional walks he had the next couple of years. I mean, mm-hmm. it, if you – look, you could say what you want about Barry and what he did. People have to understand the, the hitting – uh, that Barry Bonds displayed in his late 30s is still, in my mind, the most incredible feat we've ever seen. I, I, you, yeah. you cannot think about he was he was once walked over 200 times in a season, over 130 intentionally, and he still hit over 40 home runs and drove in over 100 runs batted in. Yeah, uh, and then got blackballed out of the game. Pretty much. Uh, later in his career. Uh, and, yeah, uh, it's just extraordinary. I mean, the the ultimate was in Bob Renly ordered up the intentional walk of the bases loaded cause yep. it, with a two, like a two-run lead, I think. Just didn't want to even deal with it there. And it worked. They actually won the game. So, you know, it was interesting, but it was such a force. Uh, yeah, and, and the thing is, before Bonds got bulkier, he had already won two MVPs. Um, it's just... It's such retroactive analysis. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I just, it happened. It was a thing that happened on the field. I'm going to treat it as if it did happen. 
Yeah, and the fact is, like you mentioned, those guys uh, helped save baseball when it was down and nobody wanted to talk about it, and now mm-hmm. uh, you're acting like you would just like to erase their names completely from the from not just the record books, from, from baseball. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, as the season winds down, are pretty much all your fantasy baseball leagues over or are some of them still playing? Oh, I don't have any head-to-head, so they're all playing. All right, nice. Um, Actually, I have one that's not, but uh, that that's uh, it's complicated. But uh, all my other leagues are your traditional roto leagues. We play to the last day, so we'll play to Wednesday next week. Play Excellent. through Wednesday. Excellent. And um, as far as uh, moves and, and and you know who to play, who not to play, I always find that September is the toughest month because oh, since yeah. the rookies come up, a lot of guys lose at bats and. Players that you've been riding the whole time, unless they're in really big pennant chases right now or trying to make a playoff spot, some guys sit more now than they usually do. Yeah, they do. And, I mean, roster expansion at least isn't as huge as it used to be, uh, where you're only adding one hitter, one pitcher in September as opposed to opening up to the full 40-man roster. Uh, But nonetheless, yeah, there's a lot of guys that, you know, the teams won't hesitate to shut them down. You start seeing some good prospects get called up the last week of the season, uh, and you know start start their clock. It's interesting to see that too. Uh, you have to be paying attention in keeper leagues where if, if you're in a league uh, where you can't pick up a player until they get called up, you know, in the free agent bidding, you have to pay attention to that. That's true in the RotoWire staff keeper league. So it should be an interesting set of fab bids this week. Do you see um, as Waldo Cabrera as uh, a, a guy that could you know really carve out an everyday role for the Yankees as soon as next year? He might. He might. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here, what happens in the offseason, starting with Judge, uh, but, you know, finishing with a lot of other players. Uh, but, yeah, I could see it. What about Joey Manises, who's been a revelation uh, in the 50 games he's been up for Washington? He strikes me as a Frank Schwindel. Um, nice, nice run. Wouldn't count on it next year. Right. He'll get the playing time to start. He may not finish it with it. Guy's batting 320. It's amazing to me. I know. It's uh, amazing. It is, but he's also 30 years old. I mean, and how often can guys break into the game as a 30-year-old and actually keep a, an everyday role? That That's exactly the, the point. I mean, it's, it's very infrequent. For every Ben Zobrist or Joey uh, you know, or Bautista, you know, there's, there's about 10 Frank Schwindels every year. Exactly right. Exactly. All right. Um, since we've got a week left in the fantasy baseball uh, season, you tell me, who are some of the guys that are coming up big for you down the stretch and uh, players that you think are really helping their future value for 2023? I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to what uh, Stephen Kwan has been doing, but I think uh, he, he's quite, you know, he, he was like everybody's sensation in April, got hurt, had a slump in you know, late May into June and all that been on fire since uh like last month or so maybe even longer than that uh he's even adding some power which is the thing that caught my eye the most is that he's he's adding a few homers to the package this is uh no nick madrigal he's better than that let's uh, switch it over now let's talk some fantasy football because here we are we're already uh you know three weeks into the season and uh, almost everybody has a loss the parody is unbelievable a lot of the quarterbacks that you're banking on have had very pedestrian days so far. It hasn't been, um, you know, what you would expect, uh, the, the ultimate score-a-thon with your best players in the game. And then uh, you're getting guys that you wouldn't even think about that are lighting up the fantasy score sheets week after week. So uh, I'm trying to just 
you know, make heads or tails uh, of this season so far. I mean, Jeff, if Miami loses tonight to Cincinnati, there's only two undefeated teams left, and we haven't even played four weeks in the NFL season. Right. Um, it, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, you know, Philly and Miami are, are, are cruising right now, but, you know, Miami's, a, Miami's an underdog tonight. It's, you know, it's interesting to see that so quickly there. But uh, I actually I still pick the Bengals to win and cover this week. Uh, we'll see about that. I mean, I don't like that. Uh, right now, Tua it was questionable coming into the week. I mean, it's a short week. He probably would have been okay with an extra day. But, I mean, uh, these short weeks for road teams are awfully tough, especially when you've got some nursing some sort of injuries. And both Tua and Waddle were dealing with that. You know, watch me eat my words and they'll go off. But uh, I think this is, a, is an almost too obvious letdown week uh, for them. After having the big, their big home game against Buffalo last week, uh, I, I almost think that the, it's hard to you know, maintain that high level of in, intensity every single week. This seems like, especially in a short week on the road, it would be especially difficult. Are you buying right now um, Philadelphia as a legit team that might you know, go yeah. a few more weeks before they can lose a football game? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Although I'm buying Jacksonville too as a legit team, I actually low key, low key, like pumped for this game. Uh, I think that it should be kind of fun. It's uh, the Doug Peterson revenge game too. Uh, but uh, you know, enough. Of, but but it is interesting. Philly is looking, you know, especially strong defensively. Uh, they they shut down Minnesota on that Monday night game. They really shut down the Commanders last week. Nine sacks. Uh, I wonder can Jacksonville give Trevor Lawrence time? Uh, if not, this could be a long game for the Jaguars. On the flip side, Trevor Lawrence is starting to look more like the quarterback that was the first overall pick and not like the bust everybody thought last season. Right. Right. He's looking good. You know, it's funny how you have, a, you have an adult coaching the team and you have actual receivers he can throw to. You know, they lost so many receiving receivers last year, and they, they didn't really surround him with much talent. Uh, you know, going out and getting Christian Kirk, we all kind of laughed at the contract, but forget that for a second. He's actually a pretty good fit, uh, and he's been great so far. He really has. Um, again, we've got a game coming up tonight, Thursday night football, going to be starting in, in less than an hour right now. So uh, you tell me, between Miami and Cincinnati, um, you know, who are some of your favorite fantasy plays for tonight? Well, I, I actually think Miami's going to get the running game a little bit going tonight because the Bengals lost uh, defensive tackle DJ Reader, who's one of the best run stuffers in the game. He's out for a long period of time. They put him on IR, which means minimum four games. Um, I, I, that, that's a big loss for them, really big loss. Uh, so I, I expect them to be able to run the ball a little bit more. Um, I, I expect whichever receiver draws Eli Apple in coverage is going to get a lot of targets, uh, whether it's Waddle or whether it's Hill. Uh, I, I think you're gonna, you want to stay away from a Wouzier there. So I, I'm not really sure which receiver it's going to be. Uh, that That's the tricky part, but... I think that's going to be kind of key is how do they address the, the speed on both sides uh, on the outside there. On the Bengals side of things, I mean, my, they, they, Miami's been getting to the quarterback, and that's a problem for Joe Burrow. It's obviously this Bengals offensive line was much better against the Jets, but it was the Jets. So uh, I want to see, can they give Burrow time? Had to take that shot. Had to just take a I'm swing sorry, at the Steve, Jets. I forgot you, you're a partisan there. Yeah, I know, and it's such a, it's so depressing. I mean, they had that one exciting uh, win against Cleveland, which did you a favor uh, for a week. And yeah, then, uh, absolutely. And, and, you know. Incredibly improbable win. 
Uh, at least we no longer get to see Joe Flacco throwing the ball 50 times a game. I mean, there, there's progress being made here. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, more in a moment as we hit the bottom of the hour with uh, Jeff Erickson again. If you have fantasy questions, who to start, who to sit, who to pick up, who to drop, tweet it to us now. 600 ESPN El Paso as we send it over to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you very much, Steve. Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett was issued a citation for failure to control his motor vehicle in the wake of Monday's single car crash, the Ohio State Highway Patrol said in a release to ESPN. Miles Garrett, who was also traveling in an unsafe speed for the type of roadway he was on, which contributed to the accident, the Highway Patrol did confirm. According to the crash report, Garrett was driving 65 on a, the road with a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit. The star pass rush suffered a left shoulder sprain and a right bicep strain as well as cuts and bruises after his vehicle went off the side of the road and flipped over. Garrett also complained of pain in his right hand while speaking with officers according to body cam footage provided to ESPN by the Highway Patrol. Let's go to more news today, this out of the NFL as well. Uh, the Sunday night's game between the Chiefs and the Bucks will continue to be held at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa as originally scheduled the NFL announced today. The NFL has had selected U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis as a contingency site for the game after the Bucks had evacuated the area because of Hurricane Ian. In this story, the Bucks had, uh, excuse me, Tampa Bay quarterback Tom Brady hopes the game can help bring people together for a common good. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor took to Twitter today to quip that she had assured the NFL that the only disturbance in Tampa is when the Bucks kick ass. That's what she said on Twitter today. Let's go to more news today. The Blue Jays clinched a postseason berth without taking the field. That's right. Toronto is assured of an AL wildcard berth when the Red Sox beat the Orioles 5-3. If Toronto holds Holds its current position as the first of the AL's three wild cards. The Blue Jays would open a best of three wild card series at home next week. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Bradis. Adrian, thank you very much. Again, back right now with uh, Jeff Erickson from RotoWire.com, your one stop shop for all fantasy sports. As we talk about uh, players uh, to uh, you know get excited about uh, here in uh, in this uh, week four uh, of uh, fantasy football and. Uh, who maybe uh, to avoid. That's kind of uh, fun, too, because, you know, there's some guys that have been pretty valuable, and now you're starting to see uh, injuries rack up. And um, the hardest part is I always wonder how many of these guys are sitting out practices just because of workload issues and how many of them are, are you know, are serious injury concerns that you almost want to avoid uh, come Sunday. No, it's, it's impossible to tell sometimes, especially they'll say it's a veteran rest day, but it really could be a concern. Like, I'm watching Christian McCaffrey pretty closely. Uh, he, he sat out both practices so far this week, uh, and they're saying, though, that you know he's not concerned about his availability, but it's a little bit – I feel like it's different than the last couple of weeks where he sat out of practice or been limited of practice uh, with the quad injury there. So I'll be watching that one really closely. Amon Ross St. Brown is another one I'll be watching closely. Um, Maybe a problem. I think they'll be without Swift this week also. So all of a sudden the Lions might be a little vulnerable. How about Michael Thomas and uh, the injury he's dealing with right now with his toe? Yeah, initially they said it wasn't a big deal, but yet he he was deemed a non-participant today. 
Jameis Winston wasn't practicing today. We might be seeing Andy Dalton starting that game in London. Keep in mind, got the early kickoff there. If you're, uh, especially if you're west of the Mississippi, uh, that's going to be a little bit early for us. I know you're Central Time, so still, I know you're 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 Pacific. I mean, you're Mountain Time. There you so go, Mountain Time is right. Seven thirty. I'll get it right someday. There, uh, seven thirty for you guys. Six thirty out here, Steve. Uh, it's, uh, I'm going to have to do some updating early on there on that, uh, but with my value meter there, at least for that particular game. Um, yeah, and you know, not, you got to know who your pivot is. If your pivot is in a different game, well, okay, that's fine. Then you make, but you make sure you get those guys out of your lineup. You know, in the case of Thomas. We're watching Jarvis Landry. Uh, Camaro is limited. Um, the only guy that's not hurt right now is Chris Olave, and you know Olave is rolling right now. But will he be rolling with Andy Dalton? That's a big question. You've got Justin Herbert seventh in your value meter. I'm almost afraid if I had Herbert to play him right now, just because you got to wonder. Um, you know, he probably won't be at 100 percent for a while, and he's one good hit away from being out uh, multiple weeks. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, I have him at seventh. That that's actually down from where he'd normally be, but it's it's kind of in between there. But everybody's got problems though this week. I, you know, you look at the quarterbacks. Like, who does Brady have to throw to? You know, are they going to get rolling? Is Russell Wilson ever going to get rolling? Same thing applies with Rodgers. I mean, they're, they're two and one, but it's not like he's lighting it up in the passing game. He had a good first half against Tampa, and then did very little in the second half. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence has a terrible matchup against Philly. You know they you know, you go down the list, you're like, okay, well, this, well, that. Tua, I mean, he's going to play tonight, but you have to make that commitment tonight. Um, it, it's a tough call. What about Jamal Williams? I have him in one of my leagues, and I'm feeling good about Jamal Williams right now. I feel like DeAndre sure. Swift is still out, and Williams is really benefiting from that. He sure is. Uh, and, you know, it was already kind of a goal line vulture back to begin with there, and got 20 carries, though, last week. Uh, and I don't think we'll see Swift this week. I think Swift will sit. Um, Craig Reynolds is the sneaky pickup, and if you're in like a super mega deep league, uh, you know he, he's going to be next in line because Williams isn't going to take all the carries. Reynolds will probably be involved. At the same time, Jamal Williams has had not nearly as much um, physical uh, harm to his body as a lot of guys that run like him because he's been in that timeshare for years with Aaron Jones yep. and now with Swift. Yep. Although last year yet, he still had a lot of games where he was questionable going into games after he started getting more work. So you know, we'll see if, how, how he gets through the ringer. I mean, this league is so tough on running backs. As soon as you start playing a lot, it's a problem. Aaron Jones, you've got him listed seventh right now at running backs against New England's defense this week. Yeah, I think he bounces back a little bit here. Um, we saw last week, we saw it was Lamar mostly doing the damage, but uh, it, it wasn't just that. Justice Hill actually looked pretty good, too. Um, now, maybe that's because you had Lamar cranking it up, and so Hill was finding some gaps. But nonetheless, I expect the Packers to get Jones on track again. I mean, I think it's kind of it's not going to be every week, but it's going to be most weeks. You know, you mentioned uh, in your update on Austin Eckler, um, you know, check the status of Lindsey and Slater before being too confident. You had him fifth. Now that Slater is out for the season, what kind of an impact do you think that will have on Eckler and, and what we can see from him on the ground game? Yeah, I'm thinking about moving him farther down. That's Slater's such a huge loss. Um, terrible injury there. First round pick last year had a great rookie season last year. Uh, they lost both Slater and Bosa. Bosa will come back at some point, maybe this year, but Slater's definitely done. Um, that, that's big, and you combine that with losing your center. That, that's tough. I mean, those are your, your rocks in your offensive line. They've been working to try to improve other players around them, and then they lose them. That, that's tough. 
And you can see it in their performance. They were way off kilter last week. It wasn't just Herbert being limited with that rib injury. It was also that offensive line for sure. Who are your favorite plays this weekend? Um, a few of them I like. I think Nick Chubb is a sneaky good play yet again against Atlanta. Uh, just the last, you know, he's, he's flying under the radar, and that's I think he likes it that way, or at least maybe maybe he does. Maybe I'm just projecting there a little bit there. But I do like him quite a bit this week. Um, I, I think that uh, – Chase Edmonds actually probably does something decent tonight. Hasn't you know he had the goal line carries last week, but I think he falls back in favor a little bit this week. We mentioned the DJ Reader injury. I think that's going to be bigger than people realize. Um, I, I think I you know I think Barkley is a DFS play uh, against the Bears. He really got run over by Damian Pierce. Um, and you know we mentioned Eckler. I mean the thing is it was an ideal matchup. The Texans just got run all over by uh, Khalil Herbert, but you know. Can, can the Chargers open up those holes for Eckler? I think they got to find more ways for Eckler to touch the ball, especially early in the game. I think they've, they've been underusing him so far. Absolutely right. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk about what you've got up at uh, rotowire.com, especially for our uh, listeners that play a lot of fantasy. Some of the things you want to feature. Sure. Um, you know, we've got all sorts of, you know, if you're, if you're doing some last minute prep work for tonight's game, you want to play DFS on that. We've got a lot of different formats for you with that. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, uh, we've got Jerry Donabedian's uh, Exploiting the Matchups article, which is always excellent. Uh, you can check that out. Uh, uh, you know, it's going to be a big week for practice reports tomorrow. We'll be all over that. Check it all out, rotowire.com slash free. No credit cards required. Get a free trial. Awesome stuff. Hey, we'll talk to you again next week. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thanks for the time, as always. You bet. Thanks, Steve. Jeff Erickson joining us. 39 pass as we continue. Wrap up hour number two. Come back. Third hour is next. Lane Frank, 20 minutes away. 600 ESPN El Paso. Lane Frank will join us at 6 o'clock. It's going to be a new feature on the show. I'm so excited about this because Lane is going to be a regular now for football season. And Adrian, we are going to do something that I think is awesome because during the segment, every week, we are going to let one listener and Lane pick every game in the NFL. And, you know, I was thinking maybe we'll skip the Thursday night game because it's going to start probably right around the time that we pick. But who cares? It's got four quarters, right? If the game kicks off and we're starting to talk about it, they're not paying attention to the results. So we can let them, we can let them start with the Dolphins-Bengals and then go through every other game uh, in the NFL this week. And the way we'll work it is is that we're just going to do straight up, not against the spread, but – if Lane outpicks our listener every week, then the listener wins nothing. But if the winner outpicks Lane, then we are going to put together a very cool prize. And uh, Adrian, you've got a great prize to start us off here uh, this week. Well, first off, I'm very fired up about this uh, segment that's coming up uh, today. Uh, first off, we got to also come up with a name for it. Like Lane, there, there's so many good names that we can come up, and if we, it has to include schoolyard sports at some point. Um, but I also want to say that King's Barbecue is going to be giving away a $50 barbecue gift card to the winner. Um, so hey, if the guest wins, they're winning some barbecue. Uh, Lane, if if he wins, maybe we. Just just give him the, the $50 gift card anyways because uh, I texted Junior over there. He's all on board for this. I want to see what Lane, how much damage Lane can do at a barbecue restaurant, aren't you? I'm kind of interested in that, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Is he a brisket guy? Is he a pulled pork kind of guy? I, I'm curious. Uh, ribs, you know, that, that kind of stuff? Chicken. They make, yeah. they make some of the best smoked chicken you'll ever have in your entire life over there. And they've got, they've got the best uh, mac and cheese, baked oh, beans, yeah. fried okra. Oh. 
I had the fried okra today. Really? So oh, good. Over there? So, so oh good. Goodness. Yeah, I, I had lunch there today. Oh, that's awesome. I'm I, glad I, you did. I, I really did. Now, um, I, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll uh, look forward to this. So that's coming up uh, in our 6 o'clock hour. We're going to give one lucky listener a chance to get in, and we'll tell you what caller you need to be. And then if that caller is the lucky caller and calls into the show at 505-6009, they're going to go head-to-head with Lane, try to win that uh, $50 gift card from King's Barbecue. So I love that. I think that's a great idea. And we're going to do this every week, and it'll give us a chance to pick all the games. And by the way, Adrian and, uh, and and yours truly, we're not picking. This is strictly the listener and Lane Frank. That is it. And Schoolyard Sports, uh, which is uh, dropping the newest uh, podcast uh, here uh, later tonight. And looking forward to that. And then the way we're going to do the hour is this. We're going to talk about all the different sports with Lane in the first segment. So we'll, uh, we'll just kind of go around the horn with Lane uh, from uh, 6 to about 6.15. Then at 6.20... We'll let our listener and Lane go slug it out, mano y mano, to see who is going to pick the most NFL games right. And we're going to do this every week because we think that, you know, uh, I mean, aren't you interested to see over the course of the rest of the season? Uh, how many weeks Lane outpicks the listeners and how yes. many weeks they outpick him? Yeah, just the records. Uh, I feel bad for the listener, though, because uh, the, the listener is going to have the tough task in picking against uh, all the ones that Lane has. And, and, hey, maybe they have some common ones, but uh, I, they're going to have to go up against uh, Lane. And, uh, you know, we could call it staying in your lane and call it the fast lane, call it something like that. I don't know. I got a little shrug there. I, I don't think we, we got something to stick. But we'll get the brain trust over here. We'll get, the, we'll get a good name coming up. I like it. I like it. And by the way, you know, if if the listener loses, I mean, don't feel bad that you're losing to a 14-year-old. Most of us probably would anyway. I mean, that's just that's just the facts, right? That that's just the way it is. And the truth is, age is just a number, right, Adrian? I don't care how old he is. He could be four years old and now pick everybody. That should be even better. But to be honest, um, Lane follows this stuff like nobody else. He loves it. That's why he does his podcast. He's been doing it since he's 12. And uh, we're just excited about having him on the show, doing a weekly stint now with us, and, and picking games every week. That's that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's that's right. And then uh, maybe we'll get a little college football sprinkled in here and there, something like that. We'll get, we'll get his thoughts on the upcoming week for college football, too. Well, he knows more than anybody about college football. So, I right. mean, you would think that, you know, he's the swami, right? We we got we to gotta at least ask the swami about all the big stories around uh, – around college football. So that would be uh, a lot of fun, too. So that's all coming up here in our 6 o'clock hour. You don't want to miss it. By the way, Chiefs-Bucks, there was rumors this game was going to be out of Tampa, but because Tampa Bay did not get hit nearly as hard from Hurricane Ian as was originally projected, Chiefs-Bucks stay in Tampa. Uh, And that will be the Sunday night game from Raymond James Stadium. So uh, interesting to note. Also, the Titans are going to be playing at home this week against uh, the Cards. That could be a very rainy affair because of uh, what they're going to be getting out there in Charlotte. Um, And, of course, the Miners are playing there on Saturday. So, yeah, there are some very interesting games who could uh, have some weather issues. And I'm also interested, Adrian, as the hurricane goes more north, you know, they're saying now that, you know, cities all the way up to New York City 
could be affected by Hurricane Ian when it's all said and done. Yeah, this is one of those weekends where if you're uh, a fantasy football lover, you're probably having to look right ahead of the the start of the game because it, it, whether it's college football, if it's uh, NFL, you got to make sure the weather conditions um, will permit because uh, that Chiefs Bucks game that could be one of those rainy condition games where you might actually want to bench somebody like Tom Brady and start somebody else if you have a better option or uh, maybe start some of those running backs because they'll be seeing a lot of action in that game. I don't even know if there's going to be a ton of games with really awful conditions this week. And I feel like most of the fields will probably be in, in pretty good shape when it's all said and done, don't you? Well, thank goodness for AstroTurf, right? Because that eliminates all of that kind of stuff. And you're not having to use the grassy conditions. Those games that probably were bad um, situations or anything like that, uh, that'll probably be uh, those er- those later games or something like that. Maybe it's a quick uh, rain or heavy rain at that at that point. But there's no kind of like rain delays and stuff like that in football. This is this is a, a sport where they're only stopping for lightning. I also love uh, the game in London this week. They're playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Viking Saints. See, that's the kind of game where you throw the rate, you throw the the um, you know the records right out the window because there's really no home field in this. Whether the Saints are the home team, but you're playing London, so you got to just realize that this is just whoever the best team is and give them the advantage. And in all honesty, between these two, probably Minnesota, just because of the way New Orleans has started off the season. It's been a rough start there. Yeah, and also the Jameis concerns are there with the injury. Uh, the Chris Olave, um, you know, he, he's the guy who's really coming onto the scene for them offensively, but you worry about Alvin Kamara. You worry about Jameis Winston's health. Uh, for the, the Minnesota Vikings, they're a team that really needs to bounce back a little bit more. They, they still want to be in contention for the NFC North. Uh, they want to still try to compete against the Packers. So Let's see what happens in that one. All right, here we go. Coming up, 6 o'clock hour. Lane Frank with us next. The Sports Talk continues, 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back, everybody. Start of our final hour here on Sports Talk. Along with Adrian Broadus, UTEP Zay, I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Excited about uh, bringing back Lane Frank, uh, our our weekly uh, feature with Lane. And it's going to feature Lane and uh, a lucky listener picking games uh, against each other head-to-head in our second segment, which we're going to do. But in the meantime, uh, before we uh, get to that, let's uh, first welcome Lane to the show officially and uh, talk about some of the other big sports news making headlines. Welcome back. Uh, How are you, Lane? I'm great. Well, uh, I'm really happy to now officially have my own segment here to do the NFL game, so really appreciate the opportunity you both are giving me. Well, listen, we're excited for you, but i got to tell you, I'm a little concerned because, you know, how can I put this? If you don't beat the listeners, you know, because this is like we're really going out on a limb here with you because, you know, we're going to have you pick games against listeners. And so I'm, I'm torn because part of me wants the listeners to win. Like I, we're giving away a cool prize to them if they win. So we want them to win. But on the flip side, with your sports knowledge and the fact that you're hosting your own podcast every week, Schoolyard Sports, where the new one just dropped now today, I don't want you losing because then people are going to reverse this on me and be like, what are you putting him on for? You could put uh, you know, his grandfather on picking games, and there's no difference in the listeners out picking him. So, you know, this is we're, we're taking a chance on you here. And, you know, as much as I want to give away that prize to our listener, I'd much rather see you out pick him to just keep the credibility of the segment up as high as humanly possible. Well, if I get a pick wrong or if I have a pick that seems a little bit outlandish, I'm going to explain it. I'm going to persuade it to you to make sure that pick makes sense. So when you look back on it, you say, oh, well, 
I guess he did have a point there. I'm not just going to go out there and say Rams beat the Cardinals because Cooper Cup stores two touchdowns. I'm not just going to say that. I'm going to give full analysis, but saying that no listener, no listener this season is going to beat me. From week four on, nobody's beating me. So you're telling me that this, you know, this contest, we should, you know, it's done. It's guaranteed you will beat every listener Over. for the entire season, and there's no way uh, that somebody's going to outpick you. I mean, I hope so, at least. Well, I, listen, I, I mean, Adrian, I got to tell you, um, 27 years in this business, I, I have confidence in my ability and my job and what I do, but nothing like this. Like, I mean, you know, I'm not, I, I, I just, it's incredible that, you know, Lane is already guaranteeing victory over anybody who tries to pick against him all season yeah I like the confidence here because you have to come out swinging like this uh you have to come out fiery against our listeners uh I that would mean that no one will get barbecue to King's barbecue uh if that's the case week after week doing this segment let me tell you something if he outpicks everybody for an entire uh, entire season um I will make sure that he has barbecue for the rest of his life at King's barbecue how's that that's a great idea great stuff yeah, I was about to say, let's throw a prize in there if I eat all them, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll work on that for you. Uh, what's your favorite barbecue, by the way? What do you like the best? What's your go-to barbecue? I'll take some brisket. Never had pork, so I'll just take brisket. No, you never had pork? No. All right, well, you're not missing anything. It's all right. That's. Uh, <laughs> um, have you had chicken? I've definitely had chicken. Do you like smoked chicken? Not so much smoked chicken. Maybe have, you like ever tri- have, you ever, have you ever tried the smoked chicken at King's? Never tried the smoked chicken Well, at listen, King's. you try it there. And then you're going to tell me that is some of the best chicken you've ever tasted. All right. I'll try I was there. I was there for lunch today. I had the smoked chicken. Had some mac and cheese. Had some fried okra. You ever had fried okra? Definitely not. What even is fried okra? You don't even know what fried okra is. I don't. Have your parents ever taken you to Luby's? Nope. Really? I don't think so. Oh, what have they done to you? All right. Listen. You ever been at Desert Oak? That's amazing. Yes, amazing I've been to Desert barbecue. Oak. Amazing. Richard Funk's a friend of mine. Of so yes, amazing barbecue. Ab- well, this place is amazing too. I guess so. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you something. Before you're done, you're going to eat fried okra. You're going to try that. I'm going to make sure you try things you've never tried before. All right? Okay. That sounds good? Yeah. All right. Beautiful. Um, yesterday, Aaron Judge hits 61. number 61. How big of a deal is this in your opinion? It's an, it's massive in my opinion, but for Roger Maris Jr. to say that he has the most home runs of all time, my dad has the most home runs of all time, and Aaron Judge will break that record. Barry Bonds, 73, doesn't count. Who doesn't find Barry Bonds hitting 73 home runs exciting? Who doesn't think Barry Bonds, who has the most home runs in MLB history, shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame? I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's the greatest player of all time. Yes, he took steroids, but it's a part of baseball at that time. Is Mark, I mean, is Mark McGuire in the Hall of Fame? No. But Barry Bonds should be, in my opinion. Did you know Mark McGuire was not in the Hall of Fame? I did not. No, no you know. Uh, by the way, Sammy Sosa is not either. And those two are involved in the greatest home run chase of so 1998. Is it, so is Jose Canseco? No, he's not in the Hall of Fame either. But you know who is in the Hall of Fame? Pudge Rodriguez. Rumors, rumors are he took steroids. Um, David Ortiz, Big Poppy. Steroid. I mean, Everyone they, took steroids back then, though. That's right. That's, is A-Rod going to get into the Hall of Fame? Now you're coming around. It's about time. You're coming around on this show. I like yeah. that. What do you think about if Tatis has an amazing career? Should he make the Hall of Fame because he took steroids his first few years of his career. Who's interviewing who? You interviewing me or am I interviewing you? Either way, I guess. Uh, Tatis has got a problem. Because yeah. somebody as young as him that has failed a performance-enhancing test is going to stay with him probably the rest of his career. Definitely. Now, he's young. He's got a so lot of years it. left. but It can blow over. Now, everybody is looking at the start of his career and wondering how much of that was legit 
and has he been juicing the entire time? Well, which, uh, which which puts his whole career now in question. Well, that's why he's got to legitimize himself. That's ex- exactly right. That's don't, right. I mean, don't steroids kind of cause injuries? He had that dislocated shoulder in 2021, which he like dislocated four times. But we don't, see, we don't know if that was due to steroids. The whole point of taking performance-enhancing drugs is recovery. Exactly. It's supposed to get you to get back on the field faster than it would if you were not taking them. I mean, so that's why a lot of these athletes... now. A lot of athletes realized not only will they help in their recovery time, but they're going to build muscle mass. They're going to get stronger. Uh, in Bond's case, your head's going to grow <laughs> to the size of a yeah, melon. I mean, the I mean rookie career yeah. to the end. Whew. And plus, I interviewed Barry Bonds. But I mean, Let me tell you something about Barry Bonds. All right? I spent three different spring trainings okay. in the Giants clubhouse with that man. That's his. I have never, ever been shot down in a more rude fashion as a member of the media than I was trying to get an interview with Barry Bonds. That's definitely he, how Barry Bonds seems. Unfortunately, that's that was the case. I hear he's better now, which is yeah. great, but that didn't make things better uh, back in 1998 and, and 2001 when I was going to the clubhouse and the giant beat writers were laughing at me when I told them I was going to go interview Barry Bonds because <laughs> they said, good luck, kid. Yeah. Good, have, have fun with that. And it never happened. We'll so. switch to football. I mean, Julian Edelman, he was suspended four games for performance-enhancing drugs after he tore his ACL. And some people still think he should be in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I think it was 2019 season. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. A uh, story this week saying the Pac-12 could cease to exist once the Big Ten continues expansion and then the Big 12 follows suit. Uh, you think that will end up being the case with the Pac-12? Is it going to go away? It disappoints me so much about this. Pac-12 is West Coast football. It's not the Conference of Champions. It's West Coast football. I get USC and UCLA leaving it because that's going to be awesome to see USC versus Michigan, UCLA versus Ohio State year in, year out. Mm-hmm. But for Washington to join the Big Ten, Oregon to join the Big Ten, those are Northwest teams. That's exciting for them to be in the Pac-12. I don't want Arizona in the Big Ten. I don't want Michigan having to go over to Washington. That's Ar- bad stuff. Arizona's not going to be. Arizona's going to be in the Big Twelve. They're going to go. Okay, in the that Big would 12 make sense. I would. I've thought that for a couple years that that would make sense. They're going to go with Arizona State and Utah and uh, and, and Colorado. Is what's going to end up happening. Okay, so in that case, Pac-12 probably would get disbanded, but then um, mm-hmm. Big 12 would grow. But then eventually, do we just see a whole mega conference, Big 10 and SEC? That could be it. That's Everybody's talking about Now, do you want to see, as a college football fan, no. do you want to see mega conference? I would definitely not want to see mega conference. It's exciting seeing these teams getting to play each other in the college football playoff. We all loved seeing Texas versus Alabama Week 2 this year. But that's a matchup that's better to see in the college football playoff than week two of the college football season. I agree. But if you can see it both, see it in week two and at the end, is that a bonus? It would be very tough for teams like, for aspect 2016 Washington, if they mm-hmm. played in a mega conference, no way they make the college football playoff. But since they played in the Pac-12, they got their 12 wins and they made the college football playoff. Would you like to see bowl games at the beginning of the season instead of at the end of the season lane? What do you mean by that? So pre- what I mean by that is all bowl games would be moved to the preseason. So like the first Absolutely week, the first, not. the no, very no, no, no. first week of the college football season would be a bowl game instead of the end, and in the end, you just have your playoff. I've never heard that before, but uh, I would definitely say no. Who wants to see a Rose Bowl matchup of just preseason expectations? Because this year, if the Rose Bowl is preseason expectations, it'll probably be Utah versus Michigan because they probably would have had Utah win the Pac-12 mm-hmm. and Michigan coming second in the Big Ten. Okay. See that? Um, Adrian Lane also thinks that a pre, like a, a week one bowl would be 
it would be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm totally anti Correct. this. I've I've never been about this. I think this is kind of just that weird. Like if you were to do it for the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl and and have that, I like who do you place? It's all based off expectations or how you finished up last year. That means really your conference championship is like your essentially like your playoff in a sense or I mean your college football playoff with just four teams. How many uh in your opinion, how many teams makes the perfect college football playoff every year? The perfect college football playoff every year, I'd say 8 to 12 teams. 12 teams, first four teams get a bye. I'm not a, the biggest fan of automatic bids because in the Big Ten, you can have Michigan go 11-1, Ohio State go 12-0 or 13-0, and Penn State go 10-2, and and then only one of those teams gets into the playoff because an automatic bye, and then you have an 8-4 and four Washington team winning the Pac-12, getting an automatic bid into the playoff, getting blown out by Alabama. I don't yep. get that. So I think the perfect amount, what they switch it to, 12? 12 okay. coming up in like two years. It'll be it'll be interesting. I guess I guess we'll just have to wait until see until then. I think that probably has to be the limit. But going back to that preseason bowl games, the amazing thing for a team that goes six and six is that they get rewarded at the end of the season. They earn that bowl game. They won their six games. They earn that bowl game. But that other team just yeah, I'm not a big fan of preseason bowl games at all. No, huh? You just want the uh, the way it is. You like the way it is right now. Leave I it do. at that. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, look. It's time. It is time to challenge you with one of our listeners. Um, Adrian, what caller should we take for this? Should we just try to get, uh, you know, just make this as easy as possible? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. First caller in, this gets first shot? Yes, let's okay. do it. Okay. First caller in today, lucky you if you're the first caller, you get to go head-to-head with Lane Frank picking NFL games for a chance to win a $50 gift certificate to King's Barbecue if you outpick Lane. 505-6009. That is our telephone number. 505-6009. All right, so we'll do that in a moment. But first, let's go to Charlie One and get this traffic update. If this can't get you fired up, I don't know what can get you fired up. Adrian has found the music. Lane Frank is with us. It's going to be a lucky listener and Lane going one-on-one, picking NFL games this segment. I'm excited for you. Oh, I'm so excited. How great is this music? It's goosebumps, doesn't it? I mean, this guy run through like a brick wall. I'm about to make the picks of a lifetime right here. (laughs) That is awesome. Adrian, you got to love it. This is the best song ever, man. I love it. I love it. This one gets you amped up. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. So here we go. Um, let's welcome in the challenger. You know him on Twitter as Neff Poppy, who is going to take his first swing at Lane Frank. Neff Poppy, welcome to the program. Good to hear from you. How you doing? Doing good, Cabby. Doing good. Uh, just out of curiosity, Neff Poppy, have you ever gone head-to-head picking games with somebody before, or is this going to be your first time? Um, well, I mean, different, you know, not uh, actually on, not, uh, on air, uh, as far as, you know, but I, you know, I, I used to years and years ago had a thing I set up at, in high school where we would, you know, I'd go through and I'd have teachers and other students and, and we would, uh, we would, you know, bet some money on it or I was, I gave an entry fee to, to participate. And this is back in the seventies. And then I got called into the principal's office and said, that's illegal. You can't do that. So, <laughs> well, Here's the good okay. news. It's completely yeah. legal now. 
This is like your dream come true. All these years later, you go from, how about this? You go from going to the principal's office when you were younger in the 70s and being told this is illegal to doing it now against somebody who's in high school. How do you like that? You've come full circle, Neff Poppy. You know what? The thing is, the kid is good. I mean, Lane, you're outstanding, brother. I mean, uh, a couple weeks ago, I... I was just impressed, totally impressed. You know, for a young man your age to know as much as you know, uh, it, that's good. That's good. You can make, you could, you could be like, you know, you could be like Robert Garcia if you really work at it. You know, and, <laughs> oh, please, let's not, let's not uh, go there. Hey, I mean, you know, hey, Rob, Robert, yeah, Robert Garcia and I, we started a league almost thirty years ago, a fantasy football league. Almost 30 years ago. In fact, it was. It's been 30 years ago. Let me tell you something. So, I'm going I'm to set the bar higher than going. Garcia, by the way, for, for oh, Lane. I so. hope so. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Thank, please. Yeah, we did it for please. fun. No, we didn't do it for barbecue. Barbecues. King's Barbecue was worth it. So. Oh, King's Barbecue is the greatest prize ever. Okay, so here's how we're going to do this, guys. We're going to pick games straight up. I'm not even going to give you the spreads. I'm just going to tell you the games, the records. You tell me who you like and why. Um, since, um, you are our, uh, since you're our listener picking... Neff Poppy, I'll even let you go first on uh, on this first game because it's the Thursday night game that kicked off about eight minutes ago. Dolphins three and zero, Bengals one and two. It's uh, at uh, Cincinnati in Cincinnati at Paycor Stadium. All right, Neff Poppy, who do you like tonight in the Thursday night game and why? I'm going Cincinnati just because they need to get it in gear. Uh, Miami, yeah, they had you know they've had uh, you know some great games coming from behind, you know. And that you know, and that was just outstanding the way they came behind on Baltimore. But you know, it's uh, you know, Tua got banged up last week and uh, you know got his back messed up, and I think it's he's not going to be able to uh, do too well. Waddle, Waddle's good, uh, but he may be waddling a little too much, uh, uh, getting knocked down by Cincinnati's defense tonight. We'll see what happens there. All right, you've got the Bengals, Lane. What about you? Bengals have the bar right now and are driving. Would you stop it? I don't need to know. Okay, okay. You're not supposed to even know right. what's going on in the game. The whole idea <laughs> okay, is to pick the winner. Yesterday on my show, episode 93, just released on all podcast platforms, I picked the Bengals to win this game. People forget Bengals made the Super Bowl last year. People forget Tua Tagovailoa, career-wise, has never made the playoffs. Joe Burrow made the Super Bowl last year. He's got a swagger back. They win it. All right. Neff Poppy and Lane are in agreement. They both picked the Bengals in this one. Takes us to our second game of the week. These are all, uh, this one's going to be the, uh, we'll do this, the early game. 7.30 a.m. in El Paso. Vikings and Saints from Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. Saints come in one and two. Vikings two and one. The Saints are technically the home team in this one. Lane, you could start this one off. Who do you like? I have a feeling Saints fans travel better than Vikings fans. Ava Kamara, got to get things going. Defense, got to get things going. Dennis Allen's a defensive head coach. I think they win this game. Vikings, Dalvin Cook's a little bit banged up right now. Justin Jefferson over his past two games has just been horrible. Fantasy football-wise and real-life-wise, I got the Saints winning this one. All right, Lane saves with the Saints. What about you, Neff Poppy? No, I'm going Vikings. Uh, Jefferson, Cook, it, it's, you know, they're going to come back to form. I think it'll be, uh, I think it won't even really be a contest. I don't think New Orleans has a chance in the world. All right. So you guys disagree on that? I love it. Uh, next up, eleven o'clock games. Jets one and two. Steelers one and two. This one's going to be played in Pittsburgh. Uh, Poppy, your turn. Who are you going with, and why? Pittsburgh. Um, 
they're playing the Jets. I'm sorry. I mean, I I know no I know no offense taken. Like the Jets. No, that's okay. I, I was say nobody. You know, you look. I you know, love the Jets, but you know, it's uh, the only downside with Pittsburgh is they don't have. They're putting too much trust in the quarterback. That's unworthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's just he just he's not any good. He's running scared every time he plays, and that you just see it. I'd love for them to put the kid in and let him do something, uh, but they won't do that. It just they're just stubborn. But I still think they're going to do well. I think that the uh, the defense will be a little too much for the Jets. So all right, Neff Poppy going with the Steelers. What about you, Lane? All right, Neff Poppy. I'm agreeing with you on this one, but I'm not agreeing with you on the part that Mitch Trubisky is not an unworthy worthy quarterback. Mitch Trubisky has the athletic ability. It's more Matt Canada, offense coordinator's fault. Run the ball well with Najee Harris, you get the win. Steelers defense in week one, what'd they have? Four interceptions on Joe Burrow? Yeah, they're going to do yeah. some damage to Zach Wilson in this one. Steelers. All right, Browns-Falcons is up next. Browns 2-1, and one. Falcons 1-2. One and two. Lane, lead us off. Oh, this is a tough one right here. Uh, I'm going to go with the Browns. Marcus Mariota looking a little bit like a bust. I mean, everybody knows he's been a bust, but doesn't get as much credit for it. Struggled in Tennessee in his career. Couldn't get things going in Oakland. Back in Atlanta now. Yes, he got the win last week, but Browns, Jacoby Brissett, he's got some swagger right here. He won last week on Thursday Night Football, prime time. I got the Browns winning this one. All right, mm. Poppy. I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go Browns. I, I, I would love to just because I love Chubb, but uh, I think uh, the Falcons uh, have got you know good combination against this. and I think uh, between uh, Mariota and and uh, Patterson and, and uh, the, the, was it Pitts for the, mm-hmm. the tight end? I think they got a good chance to uh, pretty much, pretty well handle the Browns. So I like it. You guys are in disagreement. Falcons. Good. So there's two games now you both have disagreed on: Vikings, Saints, Browns, Falcons. That takes us to Commanders, Cowboys. Commanders are one and two. Cowboys are two and one. This game is going to be at AT and T Stadium, eleven o'clock game. Poppy, go for it. Cowboys. That was yeah, fast. You know, All right, yeah, just said well, Cowboys. I, I like it. Great Cowboys. analysis. That's it. All right, what about <laughs> great analysis? Lane, who do you think is going to win and why? Are you a Cowboys fan, Neff Poppy? I'm assuming you are. I got the Cowboys right. winning this one. I'm a Giants yeah. fan, but Cowboys are winning this one. Yeah, well, and my condolences for us whooping your butts on Monday night. It was not okay. a whooping. It was not a whooping in yeah, any way. Sure, it was. Daniel you know Jones was. ran all over your team. Listen to me, both of you. Both of you, listen. It, who cares? The end result is all that matters. The Giants lost to the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, and the I tell you this: Cowboys defense looks legit. That defense sacked sacked Daniel Jones what five times? But Saquon Barkley looks oh. legit. He got yeah, some Sa- good Saquon looks better. He looks better. Oh, yeah. The problem is the Giants just don't have any receivers right now, especially with Shepard out. Yeah. How's that Kenny Galladay signing going, Lane? Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. so many touchdowns, so many touchdowns. It's been terrific. Yeah. Okay. He warming them. He's warming them sidelines up, keeping everybody nice and warm. You know, <laughs> Seahawks and Lions, a battle of one and two teams. This one's going to be at Ford Field in Detroit. Lane, you're up. Well, Week One, Geno Smith started the game against the Broncos, 17 of 17 against a good Broncos defense. With that being said, I'm going with the Lions in this one. Lions are a good team. DeAndre Swift is going to be out, but Jamal Williams can run the ball out. Jared Goff still is a good thrower. The football, he's a good player. Jared Goff. Everybody likes to compare him to Mitchell Trubisky, Joe Flacco, but Jared Goff was the number one pick. He's made a Super Bowl. Jared Goff's a good player. Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks two weeks ago, no sacks last week. Look for him to have an impact in this one. Give me the Lions. All right, what about you, uh, Poppy? I agree with the analysis. Go Lions. 
All right. Here we go. Next up, Titans and Colts. Titans 1 and 2. Colts 1 1 and 1. Coming off that Holy big shit. win uh last week, shocking the Chiefs. Now they're home uh at Lucas Oil Stadium. All right, uh Neff Poppy, you're up. No, oh, this is one of those you don't know it's a toss up for me, but I got I'm going to go with the Colts and hope that the running game gets going and, and Pittman does well and 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 and, and Himes does well and, and Ryan does well and yep. as long as Henry doesn't catch on fire, I think uh I think it should be the Colts. Lane, um Jonathan Taylor has just one touchdown on the ground so far in three games. Does that change against the Titans or what do you think? It definitely changes against the Titans. And I'm gonna throw a hot take out right here. Derrick Henry's entering his stage of burning out in his career. Every good running back burns out in their career. Even the great ones do. But John Taylor has seven more carries on the season than Derrick Henry does, and he has over 100 more yards. So, yeah, I, John Taylor plays well in this one. They get Michael Pittman back. Defense is coming together. Shaquille Leonard, I think, is going to make his season debut. They win this one easily over the Titans. Bears and Giants are next. A pair of 2-1 and one teams. This one from MetLife and East Rutherford. Bears are 0-1 on the road. Giants are 1-1 one one at home. All right, uh, it's your team. Will they beat the Bears, Lane? Oh, yes, they will beat the Bears. You want to know why? <laughs> okay, okay. There's a lot of reasons for me to be boss right here. Justin Fields, Ohio State quarterback. I'm a Michigan fan. Giants, my favorite team. But Justin Fields, for the first three weeks of the season, I think he has 294 passing yards. That's the least amount in NFL history for a quarterback in their first three games. Giants right. roll over the Bears. All right, uh, Giants uh, with the biased fans saying they're going to beat and roll the Bears. Uh, what about you, Neff Poppy? Yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. I think, uh, I think the Giants have got this pretty well. I, mean, I just, it, it's going to be easy. So, all right, I appreciate it. Next up, this should be fun: Jaguars and Eagles. Jags are two and one. Eagles are a perfect three and zero. Oh. This one's going to be uh, out at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, Neff Poppy, what's going to happen here? Okay, well, I, 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 I don't, you know, I'm a Cowboy fan, and I should be an Eagle hater. But, brother, I got Jalen. I got A.J. Brown. I got the Philadelphia defense. I've got, I've even got Elliott as the kicker for my kicker. I got four freaking Eagles on my, my favorite fantasy league. And, of course, I'm going to go with the Eagles on this. And I don't think it's going to even be close. All right. So. Eagles for Nev Poppy. What about you, Lane? All right. Well, Eagles have kind of looked invincible the first three weeks of the season. I think they keep that rolling this week with the win. Jaguars love to run the ball. The Eagles have a very good defensive line. So do the Jaguars. Jaguars have a very good defense. Used to be called Saxonville. Can they return that name? I think it's going to be a slugfest, though. Give me the Eagles 20-14 to 14 over the Jaguars. Next up, another good one. Bills and Ravens from Baltimore. Both teams are 2-1. and one. Bills are 1-1 one and one on the road. Ravens are 0-1 oh at home. Uh, Lane, lead us off on this one. On my show, I picked the Bills, so I'm obviously going to do that again right here. Tua Tungvaluwa, we saw him torch that Ravens defense. Lamar Jackson has looked like the MVP so far in the season, but if Tua Tungvaluwa can torch that Ravens defense, you better bet Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, can. All right. Neff Poppy, uh, Lane's got Buffalo. Who do you have? Well, I would love to go Buffalo on this one, but for some reason, I think Lamar's just a little too much, and uh, and 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 Mark, you know the the the, the tight end. I mean, it's just it's beautiful. It's Mark Andrews, magic. yep, one of the it's best tight be ends in the league. It's, it's going to be close. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't go into overtime, and 
and then Baltimore pull it out in overtime. So. All right. These are two of the best teams in the NFL. I mean, it's they a toss-up. Last 11 o'clock game is the Chargers and Texans from Houston and NRG Stadium. Texans are 0-2-1. Chargers are 1-2. Justin Herbert banged up, probably going to play. Neff Poppy, who, uh, who do you like? Yeah, Chargers. I mean, my first, I was the first-round draft pick this year in, in our draft, and I picked Justin Herbert. And uh, and uh, and then uh, and when I came around back inside, I got, I got Jalen Hurt. So I'm, I, I, I like the Chargers. You know, it, it hurt when you, know, you get people banged up. But, uh, you know, they, if they had a defense, they would probably be pretty unstoppable. Well, that's the problem. They've got to outscore what their defense can't stop. So, But I'm still going to go with the Chargers. All right, Lane. You know, uh, last week their defense really, really struggled. But I think it was more of the offensive fault for the defense struggling, getting them to bad field positions. You get into that week one game against the Raiders, they got so much pressure on Derek Carr. That's why they won that game. That's why they have a defensive get- head coach and Brand Staley. But Justin Herbert... Losing his left tackle, Sean Slater. I still think they win this one, but for the rest of the season, it's going to be interesting with the Chargers. They get revenge on the Texans for ruining their playoff chances last season. Now that mm-hmm. takes us to the late games. Three late games and then the Sunday night and the Monday night games. Let's get the late games in. 205, Cardinals and Panthers. Cards are 1-2. and two. They're 1-0 uh, and oh on the road. Panthers are 1-2, 1-1 one and, one and one at home. This game will be at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Probably a wet, soggy Sunday game. All right, Lane, you're first up. Who are we taking? Why does everybody disrespect the Cardinals so much? I mean, they're not even favored in this game right now. It's Carolina one and a half. I read a list the other day that said Cliff Kingsbury is the number one coach on the hot seat. Not Matt Rule, who's the Panthers head coach. Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury is an innovative mind. He's an amazing head coach. Kyler Murray won them that game against the Raiders. That's why he's paid the big bucks. They win this one. All right, your turn, Poppy. I go with Arizona also. Okay, you both agree. That takes us to the uh, next game from Lambeau. This is a two twenty-five start. Pa- Patriots and Packers. Packers are two and one, one and zero oh at home. Patriots are one and two, one and one on the road. I feel like this is an easy gimme for both of you, but just for the record, <laughs> Neff Poppy, uh, are we taking Green Bay here? Well, yeah. Well, you know, uh, Michael's uh, 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 my son, Scoop. You know, he. He is he's a big huge Packer fan. In fact, all the kids are Packer fans. So uh, all his kids too. I mean, it's just so I I definitely am going to go with the with the, the Packers. I think it's uh, if we can find a receiving core, that'd be nice for someone for Aaron to throw to. But uh, you know, these guys are coming back. You know, slowly but surely. But uh, when you got the two guys you got in the backfield behind you, you got Aaron running like he's running. It's just. I just, I just don't even see New England even, you know, there's such a shell of them of what they used to be. It's, it's going to be a blowout. So, all right, you've got the Packers. What about you, Lane? You know, these toss-up games, it's tough. You could just say, I think my best advice to somebody is pick who you want to win, but be a little bit realistic in there. College basketball tournament this year, I didn't want to pick Michigan because I was unrealistic. I picked Kansas, which I wanted to happen, and they won the college basketball championship this year. I want the Packers to win this game. I had Aaron Jones on my show last year. I think he runs the ball very well in this one. You said Barry Bonds was tough to get an interview out of. Bill Belichick is tougher. Bill Belichick was rude with the reporters discussing Mac Jones' injury status. It's probably going to be Brian Hoyer to go on this one. No, no, no. Packers destroy them. Okay. Rashawn Gary is going to get a few sacks in there. Last late game, Broncos-Raiders. Raiders are 0-3. Broncos are 2-1. It's at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. All right, Lane, are we uh, saying the Raiders are going to finally win one this season? 
Yes, 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 the Raiders get a win. Okay, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites right now, and I think the Raiders win this one. Broncos have been struggling. Nathaniel Hackett has been struggling. Yes, they're 2-1, and one, but that was against a very sloppy 49ers team with a very sloppy quarterback in that game, Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's a story for a different time. Raiders' Devonta Adams gets things going. He had a rough game last week, but a good game in the first two weeks. They blew that game against the Cardinals, that defense, but they get things going here. They take down Russell Wilson, and the Raiders win. All right, Neff Poppy. Jacobs, Adams, Carr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go Raiders. All right, there you go. That's good. All right, we got two games left. Sunday night game, Chiefs and Bucks. Both teams 2-1. and one. Chiefs coming off the loss to Indianapolis. Bucks coming off the loss to uh, Green Bay at a Raymond James Stadium in uh, Tampa. Neff Poppy, you're first up here. Who do we take? We're going with Patrick Mahomes and Mr. Uh, Kelsey. And uh, I think uh, I think uh, they're going to do rather well. I don't right. think uh, I don't think Mr. Brady is going to be uh, uh, able to overcome uh, uh, that kind of uh, offensive firepower. And the defense on Kansas City is getting a little bit better this year. No. So you got the Chiefs. What about you, Lane? We're disagreeing on this one, Neff Poppy. I got uh, Tom Brady. And say, but Buccaneers win this one. They're playing in tough conditions. They've been practicing in those tough conditions all week. Chiefs probably have been, too. The Hurricanes probably hit Kansas City a little bit there. But Leonard Fournette can run the ball well. They gave Mike Evans back. Russell Gage played well last week and step up for Mike Evans' absence. They almost took down the Packers. Vita Vea had some great plays. Tom Brady going to make a few plays in this one. He's used to tough conditions. I mean, his first year in the, uh, in the playoffs, Snowstorm, he played amazing. Expect him to play well in the Hurricane. Give me the bucks over the Chiefs. Final game, Monday night, Rams and Niners. Rams are 2-1, and 1-0 on the road. 49ers 1-2, and 1-0 and at home from Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. All right, Lane, you get to wrap us up. Who are we taking? You know, there's a lot of trends with these teams. I mean, Sean McVay owns Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he's ever lost to the Cardinals. But he also has a tough time winning against Kyle Shanahan. I think that trend ends right here. I have them winning over the 49ers. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm sorry. They're not. They're favored in this one, the 49ers. That defense has looked a little sluggish to start the season. I thought Fred Warner would play better. I thought Nick Bosa would play better, but they haven't. Look for Matthew Stafford in this game. He's going to throw an interception or two, but they're still going to get the win. Fair enough. Uh, Neff Poppy, are we going Rams or Niners? Well, Debo Samuels is going to do well, and uh, and Kittle's back, and and, and Jimmy G is going to be just fine. Um, you know, even though there's Cup and uh, and and Stafford and, and even Akers is coming on on the other side. But I, I, you know, San Francisco's kind of been having that number. You know, I think we're gonna we're gonna see the Forty ers win this one. I like it. All right, good job, guys. Uh, you disagree on five games, which means the good news is. We are going to get a winner. Somebody is going to outpick the other because with five games, that means more than likely the odd number. Um, we'll see if it's going to be Neff Poppy or Lane Frank. Lane, any message for Neff Poppy before we wrap up this segment? Neff Poppy, thank you for coming on. I thank you for giving me those props earlier in the episode. But I'm winning this one. I like my picks. Neff Poppy, well, your turn. Hey, if Lane wins, that's because he's the better young man and I'm the old man, but I tell you what, uh, I, I appreciate, I love his college commentary. And uh, I, by the way, I didn't get a chance to hear, but who did he pick last uh, last week between the uh, the Miners and Boise State? I did not pick that game, UTEP versus Boise State. Yeah. If I did pick it, 
I probably would have picked Boise State. You and everybody else on the planet, so that's all right. But Utah yeah. does have a good defense. Going into the season, I probably would have picked Utah in that game, but since they lost to New Mexico and a couple other teams, but maybe Utah can get things going. Gavin Harrison gets some things going. There you go. So have we asked Lane about what we think uh, the minor chances against Charlotte is this weekend? UTEP's never won in the Eastern time zone, and they're playing in tough conditions this week. With that being said, I got UTEP still winning this game. Deion Hankins might run the ball well. I like this defense a lot. I like Gavin Hardison a lot. I got them winning this game. There you go, Bobby. I like. I, I, we like this boy even more. So, Good I, job, Lane. We appreciate you, man. I appreciate the kind words and the wisdom. All right, now, Poppy, good All luck right. to you. We'll talk to you later. All right. Lane, good job. Um I am so fascinated to see how you guys both do this week. This is our first one we're doing this on the line. Is that $50 gift card to uh, King's Barbecue? Adrian, I thought that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I couldn't believe that there was that much smack talking going on back and forth between Neff, Poppy, and Lane. But I loved it. I thought it was fiery. What a way to start things off. And I'm going to be monitoring these picks as well. You know, there was smack talk, but there was respect. Yeah. Neff, Poppy has respect for, uh, for Lane. I like that. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's uh, it's all mutual respect for both sides. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I can't wait. All right, uh, Schoolyard Sports, the newest podcast, just dropped today. Just right? Dropped. What dropped. are we What are we talking about this week? We're talking about a lot. We're doing college football showcase, which is my college football segment. I've been doing it since the first season of my show. We're on season three now. But yeah, just talking a lot about college football. Talk a little bit about Deion Sanders potentially going to Auburn. Mel Tucker, he's my Schoolyard Sports scream. Recipient this week. I'm screaming on him. I'm bringing out all the facts on why he's a terrible coach. My top five players in the NBA after media day. And a couple other things in the episode. Go tune in. I like the scream. Is that a weekly thing? It's a weekly thing. So I started it, I think uh, I think I started it in August, right before I came on your show for the first time. Okay. I've done, uh, so the one I did with Noah Syndergaard, we actually got his mom to respond. Oh, that's good. To that one, uh, yeah, that was pretty fun. She said, uh, I'm sure somebody's bullying you too. Not happening. Maybe Oof. no. Noah Syndergaard's getting bullied by me, though. Why can't he just stand up to a 14-year-old himself? First off, he's Thor. He should be using his hammer and taking care of business. you got to realize, Noah Syndergaard, like, introduced me to sports with that 2015 Mets run, and now I hate him. Well, there you go. That's that's the beauty of sports, isn't it? You go from loving them to hating them. That's what I love about sports. Exactly. Talk to you next week, Lane. Thank you. Perfect. Appreciate it, Steve. Lane, Frank, everybody. We'll come back, wrap it up next. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso.